Conspiracy will be next week. This week we're going to take you through the space race. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So have we got any new listeners in various places Ooh. this week? Tallinn in Estonia, Nottingham, United Kingdom, Almada, Portugal, Kuala Lumpur. I like saying We have that. a listener in Estonia. Yeah. Yep. Luka, Italy, wow. Guadalajara, Spain, Dakar in Bangladesh, Glasgow, Brighton, United Kingdom, South Brisbane, Australia, Denspasar, Indonesia, wow. Peshwa, Pakistan, Edmonton, Canada, Alka de Henares. Happy Canada Day for the other day, eh? Was it Canada Day as well? The day before July 4th. Oh, man, Happy man. July 4th. Yeah. Yes. Little Rock, Flint, Michigan, London, Bangalore, India, Portugalville, and Benton. Thanks for listening. Thank you We're global. I've just noticed as well, speaking of professionalism, that the camera is on the piss. So. Uh, <laughs> Hey. <laughs> just like us. <laughs> I just Cheers, like, guys. I want, Cheers, everybody. Yeah, I'd like the listener to know as well that without telling me, I got to Mike's place today and he's completely rearranged the apartment, like literally switched rooms around and stuff. So I felt like I had taken a very strong dose of acid without being told. <laughs> it was slightly unnerving for a few seconds. Oh, well. Oh. On with the show. Yeah, so we're going to do weird news. It's live on Facebook. It usually takes about 20 minutes or so, and it's some random stuff we found the net that we think is fairly amusing. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. The Apollo 11 tapes bought for $218 may sell for millions after nearly being lost. After being lost? Mm. After being lost, yeah. So tapes identified in 2008 as the only surviving original recording of the first moon landing in 1969 go up for auction in July. Fake. When, <laughs> <laughs> when Gavin, how, how come NASA don't have hold of these tapes? You'd think they'd have maybe kept hold of them. They lost them, didn't they? Oh, and some lucky son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Or someone took them home with them one day. Oh, they bought right. them for $218. Holy crap. Okay. I understand now. When Gary George bought a truckload of videotapes, so he bought a truckload of them. Okay, that's a lot for, of videotapes. It is. For $218 from a US government surplus auction more than 40 years ago, he planned to sell them to, to television stations to record over. Hmm. Fortunately, he decided to hold on to the three tapes labelled Apollo 11 EVA, which have since been identified as the only surviving original recording of the first moon landing in 1969. It's incredible, isn't it? Wow. I- Biggest achievement of mankind. Yeah. They lost the original tape. <laughs> Chuck it in a fucking jungle yeah. sale. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> well, they made copies at that point. Yeah. But the originals you'd want to hang on to, let's face it. Now the tapes obviously include Neil Armstrong's famous words, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. 
are to go on sale in July at Sotheby's in New York, and they're expected to fetch as much as two million dollars. Wow, that's impressive. Yep, lucky bugger. Yeah, yeah. Good on him. In 2006, NASA admitted they could not find the original video recordings of the landing, and it was not oh. until two years later, when George was on holiday with a friend who worked at NASA, that he found they were looking for them. I bet that fed the fucking conspiracy theorist, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh, can't find the original tapes, can we? Mm. I love this quote. Because they were yeah. reproduced. <laughs> like this for a bit, yeah. I love this quote. Uh, quote, quite frankly, I was sitting on the table drinking a beer and I said, well, damn, I have those. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see that. his eyes just turn to dollar signs. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah. He didn't actually have the equipment to watch the tape, so he started speaking to NASA, and they had the equipment, because it's NASA. Well, well they knocked it, it up. Yeah, well, there you go, the original it. tapes. And now he is up to his eyeballs in cocaine and hookers. I hope so. Good on him. <laughs> uh, maybe he's a bit old for that, because he's had them for 43 years. Nah, he's living his best life now. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's got one of them fucking cars that bounces up and oh, down. Oh, he's just driving down the yeah. strip playing blasting hip-hop while bouncing <laughs> his car. Massive bling. <laughs> Do you yeah. think he's turning some kind of pimp? A NASA bitch! <laughs> oh, yeah. he's got the NASA pimp yeah. ring across his knuckles. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Solid gold. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what look next then? Okay, next up. Man kills roommate and chops up his body, claims he was preventing a mass shooting. Well, <laughs> he, he may well have been. <laughs> a Florida man decides to nip a problem in the bud. Extreme emphasis on the nipping part. He nipped the problem into several pieces with a hacksaw <laughs> in his bathtub. Well, that's what you've got to do it. Oh, man. 52-year-old Eric DaCosta of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, is charged with premeditated murder and abuse of a dead body in the death of his roommate Paul Stephen Dometko. After he turned himself in for killing and chopping up Domenko's body, DaCosta told police that he did it because he thought Domenko was crazy and would end up being the next mass shooter. So he out-crazied <laughs> the crazy guy. <laughs> we can't prove that he wasn't. This is true. What he said, can I read the quote? Yep. Officer, you have to understand, I had to murder my roommate in cold blood painstakingly cut off his head and limbs and dispose of his freshly hacked body parts in a swamp. He was crazy. <laughs> he was nuts. <laughs> you should see the other guy. Uh, oh, man. That's fantastic. Well, it's not fantastic, but it's um, it's preventative. De Costa claimed that Dometka had become increasingly violent over the years, was prone to violent verbal outbursts, threatened to kill DaCosta and his family and use cocaine regularly. Dometko had also had an undiagnosed mental illness, according to DaCosta. DaCosta also told police that Dometko could possibly be the next mass killer that we hear about in the media. Wow. Well, don't call the police, don't inform your local authorities. Cut his fucking head off! <laughs> Chop his body up in the bathtub! Yeah! <laughs> the same bathtub that I assume your family's going to use after you've cleaned up and stuff. Well, you obviously... You just leave the blood in there, would you? It's not, it's not like, oh, a bit of domestos, that'll sort it out. It's still, like, it's still grim. You'd have to change the bathtub. You'd have to change the bathtub. Of course. Well, he, won't, he hasn't got to worry about it now, has he? No, that's true. Prison baths from now on. <laughs> prison showers. <laughs> Nobody wants a prison bath. No. It's something entirely different. 
involves several men emptying themselves into your mouth. <laughs> and you never, any orifice, I imagine. That's never a back. ever pick up your so- pick up the soap. <laughs> Just don't pick it up. This wouldn't wash. Ever. Oh, really? I would sell. Or the blanket would just be under it. <laughs> Mind you, a lot of drugs in prison nowadays. <laughs> I'd probably have a great time. <laughs> Is that it for that, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, next up. Yeah, man. One more. Okay. Man kept a pet attack squirrel, fed it meth to make it aggressive, police claim. Wow. Why not just. <laughs> Why a squirrel? Oh God, Alabama. An Alabama man allegedly devised a new outside-the-box means of self-defense. Should anyone come after him, channeling some sort of trailer park looney tune, according to police, 35-year-old Mickey Pollock kept a pet squirrel that he fed meth in order to turn it from just your average skittish tree rodent into an instrument of death. So, being the protectors of their community, the police raided what they believed to be his apartment. Because having a pet squirrel is illegal, and obviously the police needed to end this grievous crime doing as soon as possible. They didn't find him, however, because he doesn't live there anymore. Instead, they found 37-year-old Ronnie Reynolds, and enough meth to make the place look like redneck Superman's fortress of solitude. (laughs) So they arrested Reynolds instead. And really, how could the authorities not act on the news that a local man was raising an attack squirrel? The danger that represents to the public is incalculable. A methed out squirrel could gnaw through a dozen throats before the police could even be able to respond. And the thing is so small and fast that it would be nearly impossible to shoot. If that thing got loose and went on a rampage, you'd basically have to evacuate the town and firebomb it. Well, I was going to say, if you want something to guard you, I don't know, get something a bit more traditional, like a dog. Maybe a... a cheaper. Maybe, like... And you haven't got to feed it meth. Yeah. I'd say, like, 25 methed-out squirrels on leads. That would be pretty gangster. <laughs> Just one is pretty scary. Yeah. But, yeah, if you had, like, a bunch of them... Yeah. How do you control the methed-out squirrel? You throw meth at the person you want to die. Yeah. And you keep it in your... Fetch that, you little furry <laughs> junkie bastards. Let's grab a squirrel, put some meth down his throat and lob it. I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's shocking animal cruelty, let's like not forget that. Yeah. No condone this. But it just seems a little elaborate for your average redneck. These poor squirrels are going to end up sucking dick for meth. Yeah, money. you can't release these squirrels back into the environment, can you? They're going to stop robbing out. <laughs> Robbing off licenses. Robbing other nut stashes. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing nuts from their own granny. Leaving to meth. Pay for meth. Leaving piles of nuts on the local meth dealer's doorstep in the hope they'll <laughs> leave them some meth in the morning. <laughs> to be fair, nuts the great meth program. The nuts are meth program, exactly. The grey squirrel invaded Britain and pushed out our beloved red squirrel, didn't it? Yeah. Maybe if we get the grey squirrels meth addicted, wipe them out. No, we'll get the red squirrels meth addicted. They'll kill all the grey ones. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I think we need a little bit more research and And then we'll get some monkeys that look like squirrel meat. <laughs> yeah, we'll run with squirrels, we'll release the monkeys. It always when the works, monkeys are overrun. Yeah, just release when the winter animal. comes, the monkeys will freeze and die. <laughs> and when the monkeys come, we'll release the bears. When the monkeys are too many monkeys, we'll release the bears. <laughs> I saw something fucking awful on Twitter the other day. <laughs> I'll just tell you this brief story and then we'll wrap it up. So the, the thread went, 
we're staying in these hotels, I can't remember what country it was, somewhere in South America, and there's warnings that the, the monkeys will come in the hotel rooms at night after, be after food and stuff, so just be vigilant. And they were like, I swear to God, and photograph evidence is following, this Brazilian guy fell asleep and is now being sucked off by a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I scrolled down. I kind of wish I hadn't, but I'm also glad I did. This guy is completely zonked out with an erection and there is just like this black monkey thing just sucking his dick. That guy's probably having the best dream of his life about some supermodel sucking him up. In reality, it's probably some AIDS-ridden, disease-ridden. And these Irish lads who posted it, instead of waking him up and chasing a monkey off and just going, <laughs> Twitter! Of course. <laughs> Isn't that really dangerous for the yeah. guy being sucked off? Well, well, it, I just, yeah. Is it more dangerous to scare the monkey off? If oh, if it bites it, bite down. Calm, calm. Yeah. And they will go through it. He wakes up bleeding to death. You've got to explain it to him. I thought I was helping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what you do? Oh, well, I hope he didn't. So you got to throw some food in the opposite direction to the monkey's I attention. I guess, yeah. I'll get you a cock <laughs> Well, there's the Welsh in you coming out. Lure <laughs> away with your member. <laughs> how rejected you'd feel if you couldn't tempt it. <laughs> well, it just points at just that high piece laugh. Yeah. It just carries on. <laughs> this has been the shittiest holiday ever. I never get a monkey to suck me off. <laughs> uh, well, on that note. Rather a monkey blowjob than a meth addict, meth attack squirrel. <laughs> True words have never been said on this part. I think we should wrap it up. Okay, so before we launch ourselves into the, the Apollo programme, let's have a little bit of background on, on the moon. So, how was it formed? There's a few, there's a three theories on how our planet's satellite could have been created. First one is the giant impact hypothesis. Whoa. Giant, Giant impact. impact. We've all had a few of them. Yeah. The prevailing theory surrounded supported by the scientific community. The giant impact hypothesis suggests that the moon formed when an object smashed into early Earth. Like the other planets, Earth formed in the leftover cloud of dust and gas orbiting the young sun. The early solar system was a violent place and a number of bodies were created that never made it to full planetary sta status. Like Pluto? Uh, well, Pluto was a planet. Yeah, it was. Not many, not it's because of the greed of Plutonians, like. Fuck you, Pluto. One of these could have crashed into Earth not long after the young planet was created. Known as Thea, the Mars-sized body collided with Earth, throwing vaporised chunks of the young planet's crust into space. Gravity bound the ejected particles together, creating a moon that is the largest in the solar system in relation to its host planet. This sort of formation would explain why the moon is made up predominantly of lighter elements, making it less dense than the Earth. The material that formed it came from the crust, while leaving the planet's rocky core untouched. There you go. Alright, let's like go for the next hypothesis. one. The co-formation theory. Moons can also form at the same time as their parent planet. Under such an explanation, gravity would have caused material in the early solar system to draw together at the same time as gravity-bound particles together to form Earth. Such a moon would have a very similar composition to the planet and would explain the moon's present location. However, although Earth and the moon share much of the same material, the moon is much less dense than our planet, 
which would likely not be the case if both had started out with the same heavy elements at their core. In 2012, researcher Robin Canop of the Southwest Research Institute in Texas proposed that Earth and the Moon formed at the same time when two massive objects, five times the size of Mars, crashed into each other. Nibiru and Nibiru too. Yeah. After colliding, the two similar-sized bodies then re-collided, forming an early Earth surrounded by a disk of material that combined to form the Moon. NASA said... The re-collision and subsequent merger left the two bodies with a similar chemical composition seen today. So, did NASA, is that the theory they go with? Then? I think or it's... Is, uh, it, is it still open for debate? I think the top one, the first one, is the most popular. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That one sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of them things that you'll probably... They, they'll never kind of find out for sure mm. with the level we're at. Unless we meet some alien race that has, yeah. can give us that info. Which is a possibility because like show us video of it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, or we might, in the future, create technology that can oh. find it out. Yeah, like computer. Mm. Oh, the chrono goggles the Vatican's got. Oh yeah, I forgot. Chrono I was thinking more like a computer simulation. Like a quantum computer. Oh, yeah. Perhaps Earth's gravity. This is the capture theory. Sorry. Perhaps Earth's gravity snagged a passing body, as happened with other moons in the solar system such as the Martian moons of Phobos and Deimos. Under the capture theory, a rocky body formed elsewhere in the solar system could have been drawn into orbit around Earth. The capture theory would explain the differences in the composition of Earth and its moon. However, such orbiters are oddly shaped, often, rather than being spherical bodies like the moon, and their paths don't tend to line up with the ecliptic of their parent planet, also, unlike the moon. So, something was just chucking past... And the Earth went, thank you. I was like, fuck. Like a, like a smackhead shoplifter. <laughs> They've missed one theory out. The fourth theory. Mm. Moon base. It's not natural yet. Yeah, well, mm. NASA aren't going to go on about that, are they? No, I just thought I'd add it. Do you know what, Mike? If he's listening, David he Oak's dick just got hard. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We might get him on for an interview. <laughs> Never know. Yeah, moon base. I'm not sure what evidence there is for the moon base theory. Probably not a lot. Well, I just thought I'd add it. Yeah, no, it's hey, it's, it's, it's as plausible as any. Well, or no one... I mean, Probably not, but... No, look, <laughs> but there's three... Until we know for sure, anything's game, innit? There you go. There's three theories that the science community goes for. That one's, you know, they just don't go for that because obviously then they have to admit that there's reptilians. Very true. Slippery slope. Yeah, well, I know the fork tongue is a fucking lizard tongue on the NASA symbol. Oh, here we go. Oh, man. There's no denying it. We it's the twin... <laughs> There's a twin twin blast of rockets, Mike, it's propelling us into the stars. Never a straight answer. Oh god! Fork Funny tongue. enough, that thing I was watching today about the moon mm. with the um, the astronaut, the conspiracy theorist, and the TV presenter, mm. and like the astronaut just sat there and he's like, Na- every time he said NASA, the guy just said, never a straight answer. And you could, I thought god. at one point he was going to lean across the table and just punch you in the face. Buzz Aldrin style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Buzz. Yeah. That was great. I loved that. Excellent clip for the listener. If you don't know what we're referencing, you must have seen it. Famous clip. Conspiracy guy goes up to Buzz, blah, 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 chatting shit to him. He does literally just shout at him, you're a liar, and pointing in his face. Buzz, who's probably in his 70s or 80s at the time, just fucking clocks him. To be fair, (laughs) it's a fucking great punch. Well, it's like, it looked like, you know, the sort of punch you'd expect in Air Forceman and ex-military... The guy who's you know, fought in the Korean War and, uh, and landed planes. on the motherfucking moon! <laughs> yeah. He's got balls bigger than your 
Fucking head. Possibly Mars. Excuse me. Did what? I take some acid? There's a conspiracy theory. Right. That suggests that after Saturn V, NASA's plan after the Moon mission, mm-hmm. NASA's plan the mo- whole point of the Moon mission was to springboard us to Mars. Right. Well, the theory goes that in the mid '80s they strapped about five Saturn V rockets together and did exactly that. And Buzz Aldrin good. was the first man on Mars, but you can't obviously never tell anybody. Wouldn't it have took a long time to get there and back? Six months, isn't it? Um, oh, six oh. to 18 months, depending on where Mars is, because you don't aim for Mars, you aim for where Mars is going to be when you get there. Remember, because it's orbiting your own, so... Yeah, because it's an elliptical orbit, at some point it's closer. Yeah, it's so you aim when it's closer away, and you, then you've got a choice of leaving when you have to, or waiting around until it's closer again. Mm. I mean, what's the moon? Three days, isn't it? Yeah. Big difference in the three days to six months. It's like the famous ice hockey player Wayne Gretzky says, you don't go to where the puck is, you go to where the puck's going to be. Yeah, and I'd imagine Gary Lineker would say the same. Famous yeah. English footballer, never scored from outside the box. Fucking goal I've seen, He oh, was a goal Do you know what his film company's called, though, because they make documentaries. Goal hangers, goal hangers, hangers yeah. films. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play to him. I like Gary Lineker. So do yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, I suppose so, it's he as a moon shaped I guess it's relative at least he did actually stick by his bet when he said if Leicester win the league I will perform mm. the show in my pants and he did come out in a pair of boxers to be fair to him good on him you know yeah crisp loving freak at least you can trust what Gary says <laughs> <laughs> Gary for PM Gary for PM oh, can't do a worse job than them cunts can you <laughs> as Mike takes another drink <laughs> it's turned into no politics the state, of, <laughs> the state of politics is turning yeah, Mike no, into no politics, politics. <laughs> We can do this. Cunts the just swing some of a fucking Domestos <laughs> bottle and a brown paper bag. <laughs> Won't be long, mate. <laughs> State of our country, it's a fucking disgrace, isn't it? So, so got some moon facts. Yeah, a full day on the moon from one sunrise to the next lasts about 29.5 Earth days on average. Wow. Okay, cool. No man, no man, or woman has been on the moon in the last. 41 years. Yeah, at least the Soviets sent a woman into space. Mm. The moon is moving away from us by 3.78 centimetres, that's 1.48 inches in a year. So we might lose it one day. Eventually. Yeah, we might just fuck up. We're just going to have enough of you lot. Yeah. Keep, keep sending people There'll be a up campaign there. campaign for people to get up there before it and I like, just go with it. Like, just see where the moon takes me, man. It's going to be a very slow journey, though. <laughs> Let's say you're up there for 50 years. That's 50 times I still three. see the goddamn earth man. <laughs> that's 50 times 150 it's moved 150 centimetres mm, okay but one day theoretically the humans may all be gone but one day the earth will still be there and the moon will just finally escape the yeah. fucking cancer like eventually the earth has over it yeah. <laughs> it's just like giving us the finger as it goes as it's well. just trying to get away from us before we spread to it <laughs> maybe it was once <gasps> blew my own mind maybe it was once vibrant like Earth and the humans spread from the moon to Earth instead of Mars we destroyed we killed there's no evidence though what do you mean Mars there's evidence of water there's all them them pyramids on the moon and and all those ruins of lost civilizations. that's it yeah on the dark side of the moon well it's a Nazi base on the dark side of the moon we all know that we can't see it can we that's it Chinese did didn't they they flew around there we know we've, we've seen it, yeah, NASA. Because yeah. we had to go behind it to get round it to go yeah. on it, didn't we? Yeah, it's and true. To get back. 
Do so we do know what's on it then, don't we? Could they see? I heard a little bit mm-hmm. of audio of them saying like the first time somebody had been that close flying, like in once they got in the moon's orbit for the first time, they were like, so what's the moon look like from 60 metres? And, then, and he it. literally said, he was like, grey, looks like plaster of Paris, <laughs> dusty. I was like, fuck. Oh, well, he's a pilot, not he wasn't, a poet. Yeah, well, he's too busy looking at the window because didn't they literally have, they didn't like the instrument mm. on the panel that told them if they were level or not. Yeah. So they did is they worked out that the heights, the different heights on the window, drew a little lots of lines across with the, mm. the heights by it, and lined it up with the horizon. Fuck it up. So that's because mm. they, they just didn't like the instrument. They just, just found it easier to fly mm. by line of sight in a way. But it always puzzled me with with Apollo. It was it was eight that did the well, in ten when we'll find out later on. We'll go through them all. They're sixty meters above the moon, mm. and you're like, you'd be tempted just to fucking knock it down, wouldn't you? Knock it down. Touchdown. No, I think you'd be oh. more terrified that, like, if anything remotely possible, if anything goes wrong, it's just what a horrible death. You don't comprehend being lost out there for even if it's for an hour. Maybe you just dial in, can't to be fine. You can't comprehend your think own. Of it. Just comprehending your own death for an hour. Here it comes. Oh, feeling sleepy. Oh, yeah. Oh, oxygen's going now. Oh, I do love my wife and my mum. Oh, me dog. Hot dogs were nice. <laughs> Football on a sunny Sunday. Oh, oh no. It, no. I admittedly painless, but psychologically, I don't have to prepare for that. Like just drifting off into the. Oh, you might just die in impact. That's probably a better way to go. You know, just a. You know, you, you, know. you got your, you got your helmet on, and then the visor breaks, and you just have decompression for a bit. Twenty-three like, seconds, your eyeballs pop out, and you're done. Is it? <laughs> is it like in the movie Total Recall where Arnie? You know, his eyes bulge out and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's all swelling. Would that happen if my helmet smashed open on the moon? No, I don't think it would. I think you just choke, simultaneously choke and freeze to death. Think, yeah, bleed from your orifices. You bleed from your orifices, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, but it'd be silent though, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well, yeah, don't go to the moon. Sounds dangerous. It does. <laughs> Okay, your mobile phone has more computing power than the computers used for the Apollo 11 moon landing. Well, yeah, but those computers are bigger, so. <laughs> yeah, it was literally so one entire ring of the top bit of the shuttle, wasn't it? The shuttle, mm. a rocket, the, the command module. It was like, mm. this is one massive ring of computers around the top. So, it would take less than six months to get to the moon by car. That's 60 miles an hour. Space car? Wow. That's where Elon Musk sent that yeah. fucking car. Yeah. Six months' time, there's some, that, that dummy in the thing is going to be on the moon. <laughs> where the fuck is that car? Can it's floating around, it? I think. I don't, know where, I, don't know if it's, I don't think it's in orbit. It's just heading out towards the... What if it eventually hits the sun and like causes some sort of like cataclysm? Oh, the electric... I hope there wasn't uh, electricity in that car. <laughs> and it just shuts out the sun or something. Oh, thanks, Mr. Musk. Or Mr. Fu- Save the Planet. Or just blows out a massive solar flare in yeah, our direction. We'll scorch to death. Thanks, Mr. Yeah. Musk. And we know it's coming because it's got eight minutes. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, eight great. I've got eight minutes. Fucking awesome. Cheers, watch, Musk. Watch it over the horizon. <laughs> I think I've only just spent the last eight minutes of my life watching Elon Musk being beaten to death live on TV. Yeah, in between wanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's when I realised there's nothing I wouldn't masturbate to. 
<laughs> e- even good. Elon Musk getting beaten to death. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to read us a moon fact? <laughs> Obviously, we're taking out the taboos. <laughs> the beautiful symmetry of a total solar eclipse happens because, by pure chance, the sun is 400 times larger than the moon, but is also 400 times farther from Earth, making the two bodies appear the exact same size in the sky. Well, it's you, convenient, isn't it? All of a sudden, I'm down for intelligent design. I'm pure converted chance. as a god. Pure chance. He gave us those beautiful dodgy, solar that's eclipses. A bit, I'm like, that's dodgy, that. We know that there's no fucking coincidence. Well, it's yeah. God, isn't it? I'm, Maybe I'm that's converting how good them. the simulation is. It's a bit dodgy, isn't it? No, um, intelligent design, God did it all. I'm, I'm a convert now, that's or it. Or aliens. So if it wasn't, oh, it's if it aliens. is an alien spaceship, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be very handy to block out the entire sun to come down to Earth and say, you know, we're your leaders. If you don't kneel, the sun's going to never come back. Yeah, but it's only blocking out the sun of a part of the country, no, a part of the planet. Isn't it? Well, yeah, you just do a little tour then, right? Don't you? <laughs> Follow it, right? Everyone's getting daylight then. Yeah. No, what you do mm. is that's when you're recharging, isn't it? That's when you're recharging your, your spaceship. You're running on, on so you're using the sun to power the whatever. Well, you do that anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but when they're done directly, that that's maybe it's to do with communications. Or communications. Maybe, maybe that's the only that. time the channel is open. Yeah. The, the direct line of communication to the other galaxy that we originated from in the first maybe. place. Maybe. Oh, take me with you. Well, bring me back. I only want to visit just <laughs> for a little bit. Then you have a part. So. Give us a moon fact. The moon is round, not round, but egg-shaped. Flat moon. Egg moon? (laughs) Our moon is bigger than Pluto and a quarter the diameter of Earth. (gasps) Again, a quarter. Mm. Time cube. Time cube. It was built by Freemasons. (laughs) Oh, this is an interesting one, actually. People experience better sleep during the new moon and a worse sleep during a full moon. I know for a fact that the crime rate goes up during a full moon. Isn't that horoscope bollocks? But do you know what? No, no. It's, no listen, it, it, do you know what some horoscope lady said to me once? And it's always stuck with me. It could be bollocks, but she wanted to draw me, like, do a whole chart for me and give me a reading and all this stuff. And I was like, oh god, no. She said to me, she was like, right, the moon and the tides, the magnetism, it affects the tides of the earth. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, and do you, are you really arrogant enough to think then that it doesn't affect the metals in your body? The water. Like, no, like the moon, like if the moon, the magnetic field from the moon is strong enough to move the fucking oceans and stuff and affect things. Well, we're mostly water. We're 75% mm. water. Well, the metal in us as well, I guess, is, was her point. But oh. That was her quote. Like, do you think then it wasn't affect the metal in you, which would then affect well, your moon? I don't moves? think, does the moon, you I can't move know. rock and metal, can it? It just... Water, well, magnetic, the gravity, whatever. She's yeah. saying if it affects the tides, it's probably affected you too. Yeah. I think I think she was trying to make the water point yeah. because she's a horoscopist and full of shit. She's trying to make me believe in her big fucking chart that was going to take hours to do. And I was like, I'm here to deliver a fucking sofa. <laughs> really? Was that the only reason you were there? Yeah, I was working for a charity at the time, the PDSA, and uh, she'd bought a fucking sofa wherever it was from the charity shop, and I went to deliver it to like some little cottage in the middle of nowhere. And she wanted to give me this reading and draw me a chart and counsel me and I was like, fuck no, <laughs> I have to get back. Ah, well. well, I remembered that quote though. Now, apparently though, the crime rate does go up on a full moon. 
Well, is it a coincidence? Full moon's always associated with bad stuff going down. Werewolves. Mm-hmm. Crime rate going up. Lunatic. The word lunatic. Luna. The moon. Ooh. Nudity. Nudity. Full moon. <laughs> yeah. Moon people. Or are you doing some kind of weird ritual under full moons, Mike? Well, always. Isn't <laughs> everybody? Sometimes. Get naked and dance in the moon. <laughs> dance with chickens. <laughs> Why not? Bark at the moon. Bark Cluck at the moon. At the moon. <laughs> Cluck at the moon. <laughs> it's a slightly less metal version. <laughs> it's a shit metal version. <laughs> Chicken shit. Of the six flags planted on the moon, five of them are still standing. Your weight on the moon is 16.5% of your weight on Earth. Fantastic. Good news for all the chubbies. If they ever get to the moon, I guess. (laughs) If there are two full moons in the same month, the second one is called Blue Moon. Blue, 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 blue. I saw you <laughs> the American flags placed on the moon are no white due to the radiation of the sun. Or is it a gesture yeah. of surrender to our reptilian overlords? Uh, <laughs> Buzz Aldrin was the first man to pee on the moon. I'd have done that. Oh, there you go, go, you go, go. He didn't get his cock out. No, he just got one <laughs> I think he actually, uh, why should be weed in a jar? Houston, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like a cock-sized coffin draped in the American flag. You know, <laughs> gets carried up. Full military. Buzz is just there in a wheelchair with blanket draped over his legs, just looking sad. <laughs> you made it to the moon, Buzz. I lost my car. <laughs> it really would take away from humanity's greatest achievement. It would. Be funny to watch, though. Why didn't I just pee in my pants? Bless him. I'd have peed in the uh, module, mm. in a jar, sealed okay. the jar, spacesuit on, taken the jar with me, left it on the moon. But you can't pee in the jar because it would just keep... I'd just have, have to, to hold, hold it right there. Yeah, but I bet getting it out would be... There'd be some slippage and floating. I'd practice this over the course of three days. If you had to fly days. all the way back home with a little bit of your piss <laughs> floating around everywhere and the other one just staring at you like, you fucking animal. Uh, all right, then. It's going to take, take like three days to get home. What about... What about if I piss in the jar before I go, take okay. it with me... That's much and more then, sensible. you know, put it on the moon. Is that is it really that important to you to quote, mark your territory? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, why not take it one further and just leave a used jolly with them as well? <laughs> just throw a McDonald's bag in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my mail... Crush a can of carnage. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my on the way up because I'm not lifting the moon. My moon. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the why is the show, why is the uh, module overweight? What's that sofa doing there? <laughs> Lounging around and oh, I've got to get rid of it somewhere. Houston. Old mattress, yeah, an old mattress. mattress. <laughs> There's an old mattress as a part of a kiddie's place. Yeah, there's always a kiddie's place and a pissy mattress. <laughs> Oh, and, and then some nondescript rubble type stuff. Yeah, some <laughs> a few rags usually. You're right. Yeah, nappies. There's always one shoe as well. <laughs> oh dear. Didn't oh. we? We did leave a load of shit up there, though, didn't we? Yep. Oh yeah. So. Every, every, well, pretty much everything they took with them that wasn't the landing module just got left there. <laughs> Even the lunar rovers are still there. All the rubbish as well. What are we Bags of shit and urine. Yep. Literally, yep. Literally, yeah. Ah, we're great. We are. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, no one's living there that we know of. But still, <laughs> it's just so human. Did they throw the bags of shit in a tree? <laughs> That's a joke for the dog walkers. Uh, uh, I fucking hate that. Oh, why throw it in the tree? Be discreet and drop it in the bush. There's a look half the time. There's a fucking bin under me as well. I know it's a bit fucking smelly, but just hold it low and just fucking. I hope someone somewhere went to launch it in the tree, but the bag opened. Oh, oh, so they I. just splat themselves. So do I, bro. Drench themselves in shit. I hope so. Yeah. If there is a god that has happened. He's like, you walk past and oh look a dog shit tree. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Great. Think of the poor council worker who's got his get his little litter picker and reach up. <laughs> oh, I love my life. You you're in the fucking woods, just let it, don't bother picking it up. There's fucking <laughs> rabbits. It's better than bagging it and chucking it yeah. in a tree. There's rabbits it? and badgers and foxes <laughs> shitting everywhere. Just let the dog go, it's the woods. Fucking so hell. If it's in the rough, yeah. leave it. If it's on the path, yeah, pick it up. Pick it up. Yeah. On the path, pick it up. If it's on the moon, fuck it. Yep. Just Actually, uh, I saw a deer the other week. On the moon? Not on the moon, no. <laughs> walking a dog in, in Dorley. I saw a deer. We don't get deer in Dorley. You saw a deer? Yeah. Walking a dog? <laughs> no, I was walking a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a deer. It was fucking ace. Awesome. It was like Bambi, cool. literally like Bambi. I was like, fuck. I was at very slight tangent. It'll be really quick, but on the subject of deers, our animal hierarchy is weird. I saw in the distance what I was fairly convinced was a large dead dog. And I was like, literally out loud, like, oh, no, 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 no. And as I got alongside it and realised it was a deer, I was like, ah. Hmm. And off I went. <laughs> but if, it, if it had been a dog, I would have been traumatised, but it was a deer, and I was just like, eh, fuck them. <laughs> they don't fetch. But... You didn't mind. Too fucking stuff. lazy. And it made me feel better about myself as a human. Buzz Aldrin's mother's maiden name was Moon. Man, fuck, she got married. Buzz Moon. <laughs> it's a stupid name. He may never have achieved anything. Well, he only achieved greatness because his name was Buzz. Well, yeah, he had a cool first name, but if his name was Buzz Moon, he would have yeah. got bullied into oblivion. He would, you know, maybe. Or like in Red Dwarf, that's why Ace Rimmer. You know, because he was bullied and kept back. Yeah. That's why he succeeded. Yeah. Uh, who knows? In the multiverse. We'll never know. Happening. The space race, basically, mm. started off as a bit of a, a rocket test. Let's say a rocket competition. Who can get <laughs> intercontinental ballistic missiles to hit the other side? USA on one side, Russia on the other. Mm. Then that kind of changed when the US in the 50s and under Eisenhower said, we're going to put some satellites up. Mm. Oh, well done, oh, the, Sorry about that. Chester, the show cat, has knocked the backup mic off the table. Well done, Chester. The Russians then were like, well, hang on, that's a missile gap you've got, they've got on us because they can get a rocket into space and we can't. So they press ahead and in 1959 you get Sputnik 1. Hmm. First man-made satellite hmm. to orbit the Earth. The Americans collectively shit their pants. Yeah. Because now the Russians have got better rockets than they have. Yep. I hadn't thought about this till I listened to that BBC, excellent BBC podcast called 13 Minutes. That really was for that for your nineteen fifties American, like the idea of them being in space above us. Yeah. It's being terrifying. A being terrifying because it is because they're above you in space. No one can get to them. No one can get up there. But then B this other idea that that's how far ahead of us they are. That's it. Yep. That's equally as terrifying. And they remember they got mm. the atom bomb. Mm. The Americans got the A bomb. Then they went on to do the hydrogen bomb. 
I think the Russians had the A bomb about 1950 and the hydrogen bomb a little bit after the Americans, mm. but not as as yeah. far. But they can drop a bomb from but space. But that's it, they, call it, they can drop bombs yeah. from space and they can hit us with their missiles and we can't hit them with ours. That's why we've mm. got to have silos in Britain and silos in Germany and things mm. like that. We need to hit them, they can hit us straight away. Yeah, it's sad really, in a way, that it was only through fear Mm. that made us yeah. want to start this race in the first place. It would have been nice to be... I mean, we're going to listen to JFK's speech and it's, he does speak quite nobly and about noble causes and all this, but, I mean, what it boils down to is... The military-industrial complex. Fear of the enemy, isn't it? Yeah. One of the astronauts, I'm really sorry I didn't... I've listened to so many of them over the last week, I can't remember who was who, but he basically said that for him it was not about the achievement or, like, the scientific... You know, wonder of it. It was literally down to let's beat the fucking Ruskies. Like it was literally that simple. Of like we've got to do it before then. And he saw it as a kind of military type well thing. You know, all the test pilots were military. Weren't yeah, they? they were the and best pilots taken at the air force. He chose to have a non-romantic kind of view of it and just be straight down the line. It's fair enough. Sixty-one. The Russians get Gagarin into space, of course. But but I do like the idea of then. Um, like the fact that he makes this okay, it's a, a decision based on fear. But then we're going to hear exactly what he said in a second. But once he said it, the fact that then that does inspire all this technological, all this industry, all this pushing forward of what can we achieve, like as a well, them them as a nation, it did have a sort of positive effect, yeah, it didn't it? Because yeah. everyone had a target, yeah, to an impossible quotes target to aim for. Yeah. So it did have a. Yeah, it came from a place of I mean, fear, think, but I think it had a positive outcome. 1961, the airplane had only been around about 50 years, hadn't it? Uh, 1908, I think, was the, maybe, yeah, but 1908, I think, was the Wright Brothers' first flight. And the people used maybe to say... Assume, sorry, sorry, that's, that's too late. Uh, 1901, something like that, early 1900s, anyway, I can't remember the top just of my over head. 50 years, though. Yeah. Well, remember, you went from, 19, let's say it's 1901, 1903... 1901, that's the Tudor times, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the White Brothers fly like something like 20-something feet. By 1914, you've got fighter aircraft. Mm. By the Second World War, you've got long-range bombers. By the end of the Second World War, you've got jet fighters. Mm. It's very impressive. By the yeah. end of the 60s... And then, of course, and, of course, and in, 19, in the 1940s, you start getting rockets. You get the V2. Mm. This is where it all goes back to. It goes back to the Second World War and the Nazi rockets scientists. Well, I'm sure he's going to come up later, isn't he, Mr. Von Braun? Yes, I've got a list of prominent Nazi scientists that were brought over. Such a magical wonderment of human achievement, but there's a dark, dirty sequel. There is. There is. I think that's humanity in a nutshell. Yeah, probably. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me in a Capable. Capable of amazing feats and. Most amazing compassion, and on the other hand, the most well cruel depravity. Yeah. The last guy on the list yeah. I've got for you is the worst one. Mm. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that at the end. Should we have so, yeah. Jeff K? Then? Well, you're yeah, 61 that Gagarin goes yeah. round. The Americans do it the year later. 63, the Russians put the, the Soviets put the first woman into space. Mm. Did they bring it back? They did. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> it was it, but they're ahead. They are ahead. Mm -hmm. And the Americans are like, shit, we've mm. got to use an Eisenhower on the way out. Obviously, you've got the, the Gemini missions up, and the, which, you know, was paving the way, but then JFK came in and was like, no, we've got to do something here. And this is the speech he made. 
which is 1962. We meet in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, in an age of both knowledge and ignorance. The greater our knowledge increases, the greater our ignorance unfolds. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. But condense, if you will, the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of about a half a century. Stated in these terms, we know very little about the first 40 years, except at the end of them, advanced man had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, under this standard, man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50-year span of human history, a steam engine provided a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles and airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. This is a breathtaking pace. And such a pace cannot help but create new ills as it dispels old. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, rest, to wait. If this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. We shall send to the moon 240,000 miles away a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body and then return it safely to Earth. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Well, I think I got a little bit emotional then. Teary-eyed, boys. I don't mind admitting. Inspiring stuff, innit? I got a little emotional. Because they are hard. <laughs> Kennedy said hard. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's if I'd have been making that speech, stuff, I'd have been hard as well, to be fair. It's fucking impressive stuff. And, you know, the s swelling music underneath it. For the listener, we were watching a video that had intercut with Kennedy speaking 
images of the moon landing and, and, and rockets going and off and rockets. Yeah. And, you know, yes, it, it's a fucking. I was actually stunned by it, and it didn't go unnoticed by me this week in the listening and watching of all these documentaries of just what a fucking unbelievably like mind-blowing achievement yeah. this actually is and if man if we'd have been alive we sort of take it for granted don't we but if we'd have been alive at the time we'd have been absolutely in throat like course. gobsmacked by it like of yeah. course just the fact of him saying it we're gonna go to the moon you must like, by the end of the yeah, decade by the end of the decade yeah, we're gonna get there you know we've only just put a man into orbit and we're gonna get the moon by the end by nine eight years you got eight years got the moon just to say fuck you to Russia. <laughs> Get but them all important missiles. Doesn't take away from the achievement because there were people who were less enthralled with the whole and not swept up in the whole Cold War thing and were much more excited about the fact that what was going to be brought back from the moon that they could get into science wise and, you know, mm -hmm. samples and rocks and like where's it, it going to lead us? You know, I'm sure it, I have no idea. I didn't research it, but I'm sure people learned stuff. Of course they did. The I forwarded. Uh, well, I would imagine that. Well, think about it. The space race is probably responsible for about ninety percent of our current. Oh tech, yeah, isn't I know it? that. I mean, but what I meant was, I, I get that the actual mission of going there is responsible for our smartphones and all this shit. But I meant more so, like from the actual physical stuff, samples that were brought back. Were there any? Maybe not breakthroughs, but it must have been interesting. We must have yeah. finally well, we got found out the composition of our yeah. galaxy, didn't we? What it's of made the moon. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah, mean, so. peep, some people still believe it was made of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> some people do still do, Mike. They probably do, yeah. Wallace. Grommet. <laughs> it's two. Yeah, it's 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 just wow. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> it is just wow, and this whole thing just kickstarted this technological revolution. I'm sure NASA got basically got given like. 150 billion to do it yeah. over the course of those years, and which we, is a massive amount of money yeah. today. It's more, but for I heard, Brian, I heard Brian Cox say that for every dollar they spent on the moon program on the Apollo missions, 15 dollars came back into the economy, so it was a huge okay. boost as well. And remember, you're talking about the United States at what is at this point the 50s to the late 60s, the very peak of its powers. Greatest generation. Oh no, that was the World War Two ones, wasn't it? Well, no, because those boys, still them. those boys who did that, mm. are the ones planning this. The, you know, they, they've been the pilots. They've been the the test pilots. They've been the scientists who worked on the Manhattan plan, Project. The pilots were the, the planet. The, well, no, but the, the no, they, the pilots actually were all highly educated in terms well, of aeronautics away, yeah. and, and uh, aerodynamics, and they had as much input on the design of things. As the guys who had the PhDs in whatever. That's a good point, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. they were like, no, I don't like that, change it. Yeah. And obviously, the, the well, Apollo 1, the, the tragedy of Apollo yeah. 1, with the, the door being the, unable to open outwards, we'll was obviously later. a massive design flaw. That, yeah. And Gus Grissom, the guy who probably would have been the first man on the moon, legendary US test pilot, and also been into space as well, or one of the first guys in space, if not the, I don't think he was the first American in space. He was certainly one of the first. You can correct me on that, listener, sorry. Apollo 13 happened, right? Mm. Edgar Mitchell was supposed to go on Apollo 13, and for whatever reason, they picked someone else. Is that the one Tom Hanks was That's on? it, yeah. The one Tom Hanks was on in the film. Okay. And uh, he says, all right, they said, you're on 14 for definite. And he had, like, when they were doing the Apollo, when they were building the Apollo 14 lander and the, the command module, 
all the astronauts around him saying like you better not screw this up right that needs to be like this and, and just launch because they knew what happened the 30 they didn't want to happen again it's understandable you don't want to, I mean because they came within a fucking whisker of dying out there and mm. as the guy says in the film we've never lost an American in space well they hadn't the Russians allegedly hadn't mm. lost all those lost cosmonauts drifting around <laughs> who knows mm. they lost their dog up there they definitely lost them. but then again they, they, what about all the chimps that went up well they're populating the planet somewhere <laughs> I, thought, I thought they came back super intelligent yeah <laughs> they, they fell through a time hole and a and a black hole and it turns out in some weird aerobarous type thing that's how humanity started yeah Ooh. yeah mm. could be copyright me no <laughs> that would be a good comic book or something wouldn't it yeah, yeah or maybe a series of a franchise cast of films copyright me that they, can, they reboot every now and copyright again copyright me that had no and time do potential holes sequences. the planet of the apes had no time holes and they didn't see us did they or did they? I haven't seen them all to comment on this. The original one, the, the, not the original one. Uh, the original one was Nuclear War, and the, the apes. Did evolved. the Russians in those films send two chimps into space who then fell through a time? In the remake with Marky Mark, they mm. have chimps up there on this space station, and the chimps have flown through time holes and black holes, and that's how. That film was shit, though. It was shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright so me. that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a point. Copyright me. Okay, so let's go through the Apollo missions. Now, Apollo 1 was February 21st, 1967. But two years now, then, he want, well, three years, he wants, Kennedy wanted them, and Kennedy's dead at this point, obviously. Mm. Kennedy wants them there by the end of the decade. That's the gold mission goal they've got. Apollo 1, February 21st, 1967. It's taken, and what was the year of the speech? 61, 62. 62. So it's taken five years just to get to this stage. Yeah, that's the development of the Saturn V, unmanned test launches. Yeah. Uh, you got to test the heat entry shields on the modules coming back down. So extensive testing. This is a test as well, but sadly it wasn't flown. All crew members perished in a, on the on a launch pad fire as a part of a training thing. Yeah, yeah. it's not a good start, is it? Apollo Dodgy 1. Wiring. Apollo 1 and uh, unfortunately Gus Grissom, Ed White and Roger B. Chaffee all lost their lives. Thank you yeah. for your service. I mean, the oxygen level in there was high, wasn't it? It was a very high oxygen level, and there was yeah. just a spark in the electrics. Apparently, they died from a uh, like asphyxiation. Well, they say before. asphyxiation before. But they 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 want you to know that because they don't want you to think of them burning alive, desperately trying pounding on the door, open the door that won't open outwards. <laughs> and it was something like the, because of the pressure of the, the sudden fire. I think oh, they said today on that document. I think it was something. Like, You'd have, to, you'd have to be on a bench press like uh, 350 pounds or more. So I will get the proper figure, wow. but it was a massive amount. Mm. They, they did an experiment on that show as well, and they were like, mm. and he just had like, bun, like 10 bungee cords wrapped around the, the door handle. Uh. And he said, okay, try and open that. You just can't do it. Mm. And he goes, that's a small scale thing, that this, the pressure was, was just immense. And he says, okay, I will, I'll go around the other side and I'll try and, mm. I'll try and push it. He still couldn't fucking move it. But... The one good thing that did come out of their deaths, if anything, not for them or their families or loved ones, is that everyone sort of upped their game a little bit, didn't they? Well, that's like, it. I mean, Gus right. Grisham was a legend. I we, mean, he, even, he wasn't happy with the thing. He wasn't, this cannot happen um, again. He wasn't happy with the whole thing, Gus Grisham. I mean, you think he did say this programme's going to be the death of me. Mm. <sighs> well. So it was a plugs-out test. began on the morning of February 27th, 1967, and immediately was plagued with problems. 
First, the crew noticed a strange odour in their spacesuits, which delayed the sealing of the hatch. Then, communication problems frustrated the astronauts and forced a hold in the simulated countdown. And that's when Gus Grissom said, how are we going to talk to you if we're on the moon if I can't talk to you three to four buildings away? <laughs> yeah, he, was a, he had some yeah, sass, yeah. did Gus. Yeah. He's got um, to put his ass yeah, on the line. Of course yeah, exactly. <laughs> During this hold, an electrical fire began in the cabin and spread quickly in the high-pressure, 100% oxygen atmosphere. Pressure rose high enough from the fire. The cabin inner wall burst, allowing the fire to erupt onto the pad area and frustrating attempts to rescue the crew. The astronauts were asphyxiated before the hatch could be opened. NASA immediately convened an accident review board overseen by both Houses of Congress. While the determination of responsibility for the accident was complex, the review board concluded that, quote, deficiencies exist in command module design, workmanship and quality control. At the insistence of the NASA Administrator, Webb North American removed Harrison Storms as command module program manager Webb also reassigned Apollo Spacecraft Program Office Manager Joseph Francis Shear, replacing him with George Lowe. To remedy the causes of the fire, changes were made in the Block 2 spacecraft and operational procedures, the most important of which were the use of nitrogen and oxygen mixture as a pure oxygen before and during launch, and removal of flammable cabin and spacesuit materials. The Block 2 design already called for replacement of the Block 1 plug-in type hatch cover with a quick release outward opening door and that is a thing, outward opening. Mm. Well, so yeah, so they learnt a lot basically. Shoddy workmanship, they were in a rush. They were in a rush and it's like, they just, it's something it's tragic. Like, it's, it's an oversight. It's fault and it's, that's why they shot him. <laughs> we're never going to solve this fucking problem and they shot him. Yep. Okay. So Apollo 2 and 3 were unmanned and just involved versions of the Saturn V being launched. Well, at least no one died. Uh -huh. Apollo 4 was the first test flight of Saturn V placed a command space module in a high Earth orbit and demonstrated the restart and also qualified the heat, heat shield. Okay, that was unmanned as well. Yep, so that's what you want. Unmanned Apollo 5 Earth orbital flight test of the landing module launched on the Saturn 1B demonstrated ascent and descent propulsion and human rated the landing module. So there you go, Apollo 5. We reckon that's safe enough for humans, that landing module. Yeah, that's what the test yeah, determined. Apollo 6, April 4th, 1968. Uh, uncrewed attempted demonstration of translunar injection and direct return abort using the SM engine. Three engine failures, including the failure of the restart. Uh, flight controllers used SM engine to repeat Apollo 4's flight profile. It was human rated. We the human rated the Saturn V. Obviously yeah. worked out them little kinks. Mm -hmm. Stage by stage. Yeah. This is what I found impressive whilst looking into it this week of how it all, you know, it's not just like, oh, we'll build this rocket going to the moon first. It's like... Yeah. How far, how close to it can get? Can we get into its orbit? Can we go around yeah. all the way? That's it. Back? Five years of planning before yeah. Apollo One. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the Saturn V was an incredible piece of machinery, but it was also a very complex piece of machinery. Mm. I mean, you also that documentary, the buffering. Yeah. Was that when the astronauts are at the top, mm -hmm. those massive rockets kick off. Mm. They're just getting shaken about, mm. and it was. In, 
wasn't good. You can't yeah, have that. Shake to death. Shake and <laughs> you know, astronaut syndrome. Shake and bake. Yeah. <laughs> shake and bake. That's if it blows up. <laughs> the Ooh. Did you I didn't blow it up. It wasn't like, me. Terrorist. <laughs> You're That's a one-year-old terrorist. <laughs> so they had, to build, agree, they, had, they had to build in like a separator tank between the fuels and feed it through at a certain proportion and then put and they tried with springs mm. and everything just, and eventually just cracked it and the astronaut still said that they could prepare you for how violent that expulsion yeah. and that little part of the journey was so well whenever, when the space shuttle mm. the modern so the, the later version of this mm. when its tail cleared the tower the, mm. the, the little tower is attached to it goes up by the time the tail of the shuttle has cleared that it's doing 200 miles an hour Good shit. Yeah. So what was next? Apollo 7. Apollo 7. So mission overview. It was the first manned mission in the Apollo program to be launched. It was a test flight of a newly redesigned module. During the 11-day flight, the spacecraft has run through a number of tests and systems and operated as intended. The mission lasted 163 orbits, with the crew being the first to beam live telecast from orbit, giving millions of people their first view of space. Yeah, man. But there's so many people tripping, tripping like, balls. literally tripping and watching in live, like, holy shit, man. It's the infinity oh, of the cosmos. Oh, <laughs> oh, man, can you imagine? So intense. And Apollo 8 was the first flight to take men to the vicinity of the moon. It was a bold step forward in the development of the lunar landing capability. It was, because they'd just gone from orbit of Earth, mm. suddenly orbit the moon. Well, the yeah. Russians had, got, had, had jumped ahead again, hadn't yeah. they? Yeah, That's why they were like, oh shit, well, we've got You've to... You've got to do it. Yeah. Mm. They're going to beat us. But the Russians, or, the Russians orbited the moon, didn't they? It's all about a risk and reward. Mm. Yeah. The thing is, they've done a lot of testing. They're confident, but it's still... Ba for them, it was like, okay, we're going to baby step this. Yeah. You know, the Russians were like, send it up, comrade. So they had to yeah, they respond, didn't, didn't they? Quite the same safety concerns, did they? No. You are, the, you are dispensable, comrade, and you're not us. And so. let's face it, they just keep it a secret. Mm. And when it's a success, they beam it back. Mm. And when it isn't, they just say it didn't happen. Yeah. If you die, we remove you from the photographs. <laughs> <laughs> Into the module, comrade. Which <laughs> is fucking true. Yeah. yeah. Not conspiracy theory. I mean... True. Lost Cosmonauts is quite an early episode for us, but yeah, it's quite a good one. I it think. was it was very good, and you know, I find that whole fucking thing terrifying. Yeah, we discussed that. I know it's the ultimate horrific death being shot into space, and it's like the opening of the uh, Iron Maiden album Final Frontier. It's mm. basically what he's singing about being lost in space and drifted through and comprehending the end and wishing you could talk to them one last time. But hey, yeah, off you go to die. Or you get rescued by a benevolent alien race. You wake up in a Brazilian hotel and there's a monkey sucking you up. <laughs> the whole thing was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, so <laughs> With only minor problems, all spacecraft systems operated as intended and all primary mission objectives were successfully accomplished. The crew performance was admirable throughout the mission. The navigation techniques developed to transfer uh, tr to translunar and lunar orbital flight 
proving more than adequate to maintain required accuracies for lunar and orbital insertion and trans-Earth injection. Orbital insertion. Yeah. <laughs> Communications. <laughs> Communications and tracking at lunar distances were excellent at all times. Well, on a site, speaking of album titles, I'm thinking of starting a new side podcast where I do like an agony uncle type thing. You know, any sorts of problems, emotional or physical, and I'm going to call the title of the podcast Broken Hearts and Bleeding Shards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see... Oh man, they're not going to actually write into you, are they? Well, hopefully, that's the plan. Send oh, in the questions. God. Your yeah. responses. Broken hearts and bleeding shards. See, so I can see? help with the emotional broken hearts yeah. and the physical bleeding shards. Yeah. Well, you claim to be a doctor now. Either way. <laughs> are, you, are you claiming to have an MD now? No, I'll just advise you to contact your local medical professional. <laughs> if it's just not that, my it's not obvious. <laughs> but if you're having bleeding shards, you shouldn't be emailing me. That's what I mean. It was just a snappy What's title. <laughs> You're reading too much into it. <laughs> no, we're just pointing at its obvious flaws. No, we're reading too much this into is, it. This it's is the Apollo the 1 of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's just the title. Just to read them in. So you'll be big amongst the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> the gay say it, you know you want to say it. <laughs> I was going to say women. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. <laughs> Conservative nowadays, don't you? E e email your problems. Going <laughs> <laughs> through the bullet no, no. <laughs> Do we know where Philly is? We denounce it. I don't want guys giving psychological advice to people. Or medical. Or medical. Or giving just generally advice to people. I've got myself through some pretty sticky situations that probably should have required professional medical help, but I didn't go because I was too fucked up. And I got through, so I think I'm actually... Yeah, well, you, told your niece, drugs. you told your niece to take blades to her hands. Yeah. That's a perfectly sensible, sensible form of self-defence. Yeah. Only she's fucking a if you're in a Thai prison... <laughs> or the streets of Chester, Mike. Oh, OK. <laughs> or a martial arts expert. I could kill her. Miss Chester. <laughs> uh. I would be giving perfectly you, sensible advice. You got through those problems mm -hmm. with the use of some class A drugs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of luck. And a lot of luck. And it does not qualify you to be giving people real life situational advice. Still here, baby. Still live <laughs> and kicking. The combination of luck. Still live and kicking. And illegal substances. Winning at life. Come on. So, I mean, I'm a working stiff. That's why this is my life coaching. I'm a working stiff, admittedly, but yeah. So email your questions in, like I said, cutting through the bullet yahoo.com. Is that our email address? Something like that. Broken hearts and bleeding sharks. I, I don't think that is our email address. It's a new section, actually, I haven't told you guys yet. It's a new section at the end that we're going to do. <laughs> right. Emailing you your questions. Oh, <laughs> send us your feces samples. <laughs> ah, no! <laughs> Quick, read out Mike's address. <laughs> Mike just starts oh. getting. <laughs> Bags of shit in the door. <laughs> I was thinking like, well, then like, you know when they do an organ transplant in that little refrigerated case, they take you on the plane. You're like, one of them coming from Pakistan <laughs> with a shaft in it. 
Jeg er sorry for this. Sorry, Mark. You got me taking the team. Uh. <laughs> And please could you ask Dr. Gaz the following question? <laughs> Enjoy your shit and ask him. <laughs> What can I do about my ex? <laughs> well, stop shitting in a plastic box for a start. <laughs> Send me in first class, you sick freak. Are you curried here? Oh, curried. No, curried? Oh, yeah, sorry. Curried shit. That's shit, cut that bit out. Fuck, that's probably too dodgy. That's probably too close to the line. Fuck. Abort, 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 it's a full abort, <laughs> ruined us, it's a full abort, oh don't cut that out, <laughs> cut it out, <laughs> <laughs> ah, I've got to Apollo 9, I stand by my, I'm not to be placing him, if anyone's still listening, we're still doing the moon landing, Apollo 9 was the first manned flight of the lunar module and tested this portion of the spacecraft for lunar operations. During the 10-day flight, the spacecraft demonstrated various important functions, including a complete rendezvous and docking profile and extra-vehicular crew operations. All systems performed satisfactorily. The mission completed 151 Earth orbits and carried the uh, largest payload ever placed in orbit. So we're getting closer. Yeah, absolutely. The Americans have now jumped back ahead. A bit of a calculated risk with Apollo 8, but... Loving it now. Apollo 10. The purpose of this mission was to confirm that all aspects of the lunar landing mission exactly as it would be performed. So they're just going to dry run it, everything except the landing. Mm. Additional objectives included verification of lunar module systems in the lunar environment, evaluation of mission support performance for the combined spacecraft at lunar distance, and further refinement of the lunar gravitational potential. Yep, and then comes the biggie. The biggie. The mission plan of Apollo 11 was to land two men on the lunar surface and return them safely to Earth. The launch took place at Kennedy Space Center Launch Complex 39A on July 15th, 1969 at 0832 Eastern Standard Time. 69, dude. Yeah! <laughs> the spacecraft carried a crew of three. Mission Commander Neil Armstrong, Command Module Pilot Michael Collins, and Lunar Module Pilot Edwin E. Aldrin Jr. The mission evaluation concluded that all mission tasks were completed satisfactorily. Well done, boys! That was a satisfactory performance. It was a good, solid C+. <laughs> Go get him. Go get him, Tigers. Next time. <laughs> or did we? Did we land on the moon? Yes. I think so. Yeah, we all, did we do it when we say we did it? Of course, we had me, Apollo 12, me, 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 13, 14, 15, 16, 13, 17. obviously the big one. Well, conspiracy theorists might say there was an Apollo 18 that ran into something on the moon that Ooh. they uh, didn't want us to see. Well, wouldn't we have seen the launch of it at least? Oh yeah, it would have gone up there, but maybe... They did it at night. <laughs> no, maybe, no. <laughs> Sneakily. Yeah, we'll just get this rocket up into space when no one's. Did you see here? Yeah. No, no, maybe well, they we'll saw do... something up there they weren't supposed to. We'll deal there? with that in detail, though, won't we, on the of next course. edition of cutting through the book. Same as the failed Russian in the the mission, maybe that didn't that just crash landed. Who knows? 
Maybe the Russians did beat the Americans there, but no one was alive to say they did. Mm. Well, so if you're a moon landing conspiracy theorist, I guess, just briefly, I won't go on too much about it, but I guess then that leads me to conclude that they think all of it, like the whole ten years of it, all these Apollo missions must be fakeries or forgeries or dodgeries well, must be. Way. I think if, the, if their claim is they've never on the moon mm. then no, that means that it all must be bullshit you've got varying it? degrees of scepticism of this you've got okay. the guys that say at the hardcore end we've never been the Van Allen belt makes it impossible mm. I've heard this boom never been to the guys that say well maybe the first one was fake mm. the second one wasn't or the next obviously 13 was a write off maybe 17 was the real one mm. Maybe 16 was the real one. Mm. It, it kind of varies. I mean, I don't know other people who well, say, we never, never went to order, space is a lie. Mm. And you've still got people who deny NASA stuff now. I mean, there's, 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 you get mm. like guys that scour the ISS live feeds uh, of the astronauts inside the... Uh, they shouldn't be doing that in space. They're not behaving like they're in space. It's zero gravity. Why are they just sat there? And you're like, well, there's probably a fucking reason, mate. You, just, you don't work for NASA. You don't know about because you're a fucking cunt on the internet. Yes. Uh-oh. And a NASA's level scientist. That's the thing. That's what gets me with this. Is like they're so keen to put us down. Mm. And this is one of mankind's greatest achievements. Yeah, why try to take it's, it it's away? It's up there, isn't it? I mean, let's face it. It's staring. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, now we can't do that. But these are the same fuckers who say that aliens built the pyramids because they don't believe that we can do anything. But why can't you believe both? Because I do. <laughs> Some do. Yeah. But obviously, in their minds, we got to the moon with alien tech. Yeah. Well, well or met aliens there apparently apparently they had an alien encounter on, on Apollo 11 on the moons and Armstrong we fucking got there because we built a giant bastard rocket with a glider on the end right mm. with some talented pilots with balls of fucking steel you know who felt confident because there was an entire team people down below helping them and monitoring every little fucking oh, thing oh fucking down to that and heartbeats then, and then fired up their fucking little glider thing again and fucking flip, glided it back in, but we're just so precise and good at what they did that they got the precise angle. Because if you got the angle of entry wrong, you oh, it's like a couple of degrees and, out, something yeah, like that. All it's... that precision and all that from without trial, well, a bit of trial and error, but you know what I mean. That fucking hell, it's oh, an awesome. We'll get into this next week. Yeah, mine is what we're in. Yeah. So what have we got to finish off though? Because this isn't conspiracy, is it? It's just the sort of dark side, I guess, that nobody really talks about I mean they don't they do mention his name in these documentaries and stuff and what these V rockets were first used for in a couple of the ones I listened to but they don't go into too much detail of it I did hear one that said the his V1 rockets were responsible for thousands of deaths yeah Britain. they were because no and one knew what it was you hear these things in the sky and then it just cut out yeah, and then you'd have about yeah. sort of 60 seconds before you know if it was falling no on you warning, yeah. and you'd hear the explosion I heard interviews of some British people talking about that in the Blitz like fresh after it happened like there was no warning no nothing it yeah. just boom just happened so but he That's wasn't the, pressing the trigger well, he invented them but he wasn't sitting there going ah, fuck you and you and you but no but what Werner von Braun did do he was a major in the SS mm-hmm. who uh, used slave labour and concentration camp workers to build his rockets and they, it's, you know, they had harsh, brutal conditions of labour. But hey, we'll, we'll move on. To, we'll move on to that. We'll, there's a bit more detail. But like I say, so basically, the Russians and the Americans and the Brits and the French mm-hmm. gobbled up as many Nazi scientists as they could. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Americans and the Russians got the best ones because the Russians were coming from the east and the predominantly 
Allied Western forces were American. The Germans thought the British were on the wane. Yep. Which we were. The Second World War had cost us. The Americans were the rising power. Yeah. Who would you want to surrender to? The British or the Americans? Mm-hmm. Gonna surrender the Americans. So, as World War II drew to a close, and this is where the Apollo program and the Soviet space program comes from, the United States rushed to collect as many former Nazi scientists as possible through a secret operation called Project Paperclip. This will be an episode on its own one day. Mm. As some had been branded war criminals at Nuremberg, the US military whitewashed the backgrounds of many scientists in an attempt to justify hiring them. Knowing that trouble was brewing already with the Soviet Union, these scientists were employed by the US in a wide variety of roles, including at times experimenting with LSD. Yeah, boy. Number one on the list, Werner von Braun, father of the American space program. Yeah. You father. <laughs> yeah. He's a member of various German political organisations, including the SS. He was a major in the SS, although a lot of his uh, supporters will tell you that he took SS membership as such and rank to make sure that he got the resources and labour and staff to make his V2 rockets a possibility. It was He was getting resources in the SS instead of the Wehrmacht or the government and the SS were quite lavishly provided. Political calculation. Yes, that's what people will say. It's a political calculation. I don't agree with that. I just think he did it for advancement. So, turns out Lionel Messi <laughs> been mask murdering people but he gets off on a technicality. Would right. you welcome him into the Blackburn Rovers side? Well, yeah. There's that, isn't it? When you put it like that. I'm like, hey, let's look at it from their point of view at the time. Mm. They've got, you've got all these Germans and some of them have got dodgy pass. But... Mm. Dodgy they, pass? <laughs> <laughs> they've got atrocious dodgy pass. Oh. <laughs> you know, old Erin is a bit dodgy. They can feel things on the back not, of a lorry. You know, a bit woo. Yeah, yeah, not, not tough enough off licence back, back in 1939. No, they're atrocious people, but... <laughs> didn't smash in a bus stop. <laughs> shit in a telephone box. Herman <laughs> <laughs> Goering probably did shit in a telephone box with it. Oh, yes. <laughs> While wearing stockings and heels, probably. It's a requirement to rise to the ranks of the SS. <laughs> right, so they've got bad pasts. Mm-hmm. But they're good Don't five, ten years ahead of you in terms of this stuff. You haven't got guided rockets. You haven't got night vision. You, you know what you it is. Got, you haven't got it's a cold heart. Remote control drones. Exactly. Of course it is. Oh, it's come just, on. They were like even welcomed in. Of course they were. Yeah. These psychopaths atop of the uh, US government. Yeah. And they weren't just like not punished. They, they were given like in. the perfect American 50s existence, yeah. the yeah. perfect home. Here's your Cadillac, like, here's your white yeah. picket fence home. Your know, name's Have John it. Smith. They don't, they don't give a shit. They, were, they just want what they can get. You know, Adam. Oh, say, can't you see by the dawn's early light? Oh, no, no, not that salute. Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> I haven't seen it. You've never seen Dr. Strangelove? Does somebody sing that in a German accent? No, but Dr. Strangelove has oh. what you the wondering hand syndrome. Ah, uh, yeah. His hand keeps snapping up in... What you know what, you were going my film, Pit Mike. You, you asked me what it was, and I was a bit stumped. I'm going to go with Dr. Strangelove. Oh, brilliant choice. 
Never seen it, so that would be Kubrick. Good. I know it's a classic that I should have seen, but it's one of them where normally if we were in a party full of people now, I'd go, oh yeah, yeah, Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, love that scene. <laughs> classic. Oh, yes, and yeah, then bring up something film, else, but I Every admit. film student should watch is Citizen mm. Kane. Uh-huh, Citizen yeah. Kane. Yeah. Mm. Rosebud. Right, mm. Yes, please tell me more. Screaming. Please elaborate. I did buy it on the VHS, but I never got around to see it. No, I never watched that shit. I watched a lot of shit as a film student. I did try and do my due diligence, but some of it was a fucking slug. Well, you know yeah. you're watching it for watching Saves. That's just to do Shane. Uh, Shane? Mm. Yeah. Shane? But I like Cowboys. The Western. Yeah. It's okay. I'm not familiar with that one. I've heard of it, but... Alan Ladd in it. Mm. Try Kez. You ever seen Kez? No, because they've appealed to me. Watch that on a dark, yeah. depressing Tuesday afternoon. You'll feel great. They kill his kids. You killed him, you bastard! You yeah. bastard! You killed him! Yeah. That's why I'd never watch Marley and Me. It's that whole. I don't want oh, to. Fuck that, yeah. I, I don't, don't want to depress myself, yeah. It. Yeah, I'm not going to put myself through that. No. Same reason I don't watch horror. I stick to stuff that just makes mm. me feel good or feel happy. I don't want to go a bit aroused. Aroused. Let's not forget that. To be honest. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, anyway, back to Project Paperclip. Another films. After Project Paperclip, Von Braun became the Director of Developmental Operations Division of the Army Ballistic Missile Agency. Basically, they had some German V2s, which they painted white, and wrote US Army on the side of. Fair play. <laughs> that was the only difference. Wow. While there, he developed the Jupiter C rocket, which was used to launch America's first satellite. He was also credited as being instrumental in leading the moon mission, which he was. He designed the Saturn V from the ground up, virtually. Incredibly clever man, however you want to fucking portray him. Was he personally convicted at Nuremberg? I don't think he was, no. Did he actually kill anyone? Not personally, that we're aware of. Well. But the conditions in his Pinamunda factory was... Just plain devil's advocate. You know, little more than a concentration camp, except they're assembling rockets. But he'd also had contact with some of the Palladians and other terrestrial visitors, inter- extraterrestrial visitors. So he was an important dude. Well, if you watched, I watched an Ancient Aliens episode once, mm-hmm. where uh, this guy, you know, Von Brown died in the, oh God, 80s, I think. Mm-hmm. And he this died guy. a very happy, peaceful man. <laughs> I'm not sure actually. Well, he dies in his bed. He dies in a bed instead of being shot by a firing squad. Let's go that way. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, yeah, well, I met Werner once. I met Werner my Brown once. And I asked him, Hey, hey would you get that massive technological leap? And he's like, Oh, well, we had help. We had help. And, and he's like, Oh, where from? And he goes, Oh, well, he just kind of pointed off. And he goes, Oh, fuck off. He didn't say that. <laughs> he's not telling <laughs> you that in, in, in the NASA library. Or he's just fucking. You just met with some you. dude. Yeah. Come on, if you're Vernon Brown, yeah. you'd fuck with these yeah, people. Yeah, I fucking would, actually. I would all the time. Then again, I also want to credit my own fucking work rather than blaming mm. E.T. for it. Or thanking E.T. or crediting E.T. Anyway, no, all I'm going to say is that a lot of scientists, I imagine, I don't know for sure, but I imagine fled Germany and said, I'm not going to work under this regime. Well, most of, most of the guys that fled Germany, ended up with the physicists, ended up at the Manhattan Project originally. Uh, Oh, they just keep getting better, don't they? <laughs> yeah, <doesn't it? laughs> yeah, there was a lot of Jewish physicists, some prominent he, Jewish physicists. He didn't have to stay there. <laughs> Try saying he that. He could have defected, couldn't he? he? Well, yes. 
I mean, he continued working for the Nazis all the way to the end. Yeah, because they were throwing the resources at him, I suppose. And did it so for the love of the rockets, not the like, hate of the Jews. Yeah, pretty much that's kind of the, his yeah. uh, Amira's defence of him. Well, he was. If there's a boy, you dreamt of building a rocket, rocket to Erotica. go to <laughs> Well, they are very phallic. <laughs> but they that's are. because, like that comedian who I can't credit because I've forgotten, when people talk about rockets being phallic, try building a fanny-shaped rocket and see where it'll go. It's just, it's not our fault that physics dictates that flying machines psychologically resemble cocks. Sorry. Yeah, can't do nothing about that. <laughs> go over it. <laughs> Next one is Werner Darm. He, to his credit, he opposed the Nazis and resisted joining the party until given no other option. His research helped lead to the development of supersonic wind tunnels for the German rocket program, as well as major advancements in the understanding of aerodynamics. After Paperclip, Darm made huge contributions to the US space race. He worked on the Saturn V booster rocket, aerothermodynamics, and liquid hydrogen propellant systems. For his work, he became chief of the aerophysics division at NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center and eventually became chief aerodynamicist at the NASA Center. Clever dude. Yeah. Who's his next guy? Yep. Herman H. Kurtzweg. Kurtzweg was chief engineer, chief researcher and deputy director for the V2 rocket program. He also helped design supersonic wind tunnels as well as those carrying out aerodynamic research on the anti-aircraft rocket Wasserfall. The Germans had an anti-aircraft rocket. Wasserfall. They also had guided missiles. I'm going to translate Wasserfall to waterfall. Exactly right. Yep. Wow. After Paperclip, Kurtzfeld became technical director at the Naval Ordnance Laboratory in Maryland, where he continued his aerodynamics and aeroballistics research. Later, he became a chief researcher at NASA, investigating aerodynamics and flight mechanics. Uh, Conrad Dannenberg. Dannenberg worked closely with Von Braun, helped develop the V-2 rocket. He also helped organise and launch the first object ever to be sent into space by humans. After paperclip, Dannenberg continued to work closely on his former subjects. He helped the United States produce rocket engines and missiles. Eventually, he became deputy manager of the Saturn program, which focused on creating engines for launching both satellites and space shuttles into space. Wow. Nothing too dodgy so far. These guys, well, Von Braun was in the SS. The other guy who was made to join the party. Too the, dodgy. <laughs> these guys were, um, you know, just scientists, really. But it does get worse. Does it? Yes. Kurt Henrik Dubus. Dubus is another member of the SS who helped work on and produce V2 rockets for the Nazis. He was closely associated with Von Braun and was responsible for leading the testing of the V2 rocket. He became a prime asset for NASA. His accomplished work on a variety of programs, including launching satellites and the eventual moon mission. He was the first ever director of the Kennedy Space Center, another SS member. Mm. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Walter Robert Dornberger. Uh, he was a major general in the Army of the Third Reich, senior artillery commander, and had personal contact with Hitler. His real passion and skill lay in engineering, and he was foundational in the development of rockets for the Nazis. You can hear a police siren going off in the background, people. I'm, uh, listeners, yeah. I do apologise. We Windows do are open because it's the middle of summer. Yes. So you've come to expect this level of, you know... I'm not sitting here in a sauna. What do you want from us? We can't afford <laughs> a studio. We're keeping it real. We're a working class podcast. Yeah. Fight the power. <laughs> After the war, Dornberger continued his engineering research to the US. He spent time developing guided missile systems for the US military, 
before becoming the vice president of the Bell Aircraft Corporation. At Bell, he developed Bell's Rascal, the first guided nuclear air-to-surface missile. Thanks, Nazi dude. develops air-to-surface, nuclear air-to-surface missile. Cheers, broski. Eberhard Friedrich Michael Rees. Rees was another researcher on the development of the V2 for the Third Reich, although his passion allegedly always lay with space. After the war, he uh, developed ablative heat shields for NASA and became the Deputy Director of Development Operations for the Army Ballistic Missile Agency. And he directed the Lunar Roving Vehicle Program. Right, so Ernst Stuhlinger. He invented the cool little buggy thing. Yeah. Awesome. He started his career as a Nazi soldier. He fought in the Battle of Moscow and the Battle of Stalingrad oh. before being shifted into research. Eventually, he came to work on guidance systems under von Braun. After Paperclip, he was brought in as director of the Advanced Research Projects Division of the Army Ballistic Missile Agency. He also contributed greatly to the space race. He's one of the pioneers of electric propulsion. And he also worked on the initial phases of the Hubble telescope. Obviously very clever men. They are, but their cause was rotten. This guy is the worst one. Who's Herbertus he? Strughold. He sounds like a cunt. Strughold has been accused of participating in extensive human experimentation oh. under the Third oh. Reich. Though it has never been proven. The experiments he allegedly oversaw including performing surgery with anaesthetic and depriving people of oxygen in vacuum compartments, as well as human experiments related to hypothermia. These experiments are meant to determine the effects of high altitude and supersonic flights on human beings. After the war, Strughold helped to pioneer the field of space medicine. He was vital in the investigation into the effects of weightlessness on people, as well as overseeing the building of a space cabin simulators. At NASA, Strughold also played a central role in designing the pressure suit and the onboard life support systems used by Gemini and Apollo astronauts. Well, he's the worst guy, because even though he's allegedly did all those weird human experiments, if he's going on to develop all that for NASA, he did all them experiments. Yeah. Didn't he? Let's face it. No smoke, that fire. No sm that's the way the <laughs> British justice system works. So, yeah. There you have so it. So, would... The Americans have won the space race to the moon without the Nazis. Well, oh, no. remember, the Ger the Russians also had Nazis. Oh, they? The Americans mm. just got the best ones because, let's face it. Better paychecks. Think, well, better paychecks and also, your country in 1940, 1941, steamrolled its way through Russia... Shooting a lot of people. Or do you want to go to the new right. groovy, funky... <laughs> so, when the USA. Russians retaliate and come firing back across Eastern yeah. Europe, they start doing the same to you and your people, while the Americans and the Brits are taking a nice, slow, leisurely advance, but at the Rhine, they're pushing in. You're fleeing west, because you know you're going to be treated better by the Western Allies, especially America, the new kids on the block who've just become a superpower. They've got money, their economy's booming, the Brits are on the decline. Elvis! Bit early for Elvis. <laughs> Bill Haley and his comments! Again, too early. Something American! <laughs> Glenn Miller? I guess. Frank Sinatra? Okay. Ooh. But again. The one who was singing back in the 40s no, in the Second World War? When the fuck has factual accuracy yeah, ever mattered? Elvis was funnier. You well, know what Robert I mean? Robert 
Johnson, you bloody no, story. No, um, this is Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller's most famous. Robert American. Johnson, the boxer. Wasn't he the? No, he was dead by that point. Oh. Anyway, you get my freaking point. America, popsicles, Coca Cola, sunshine, well, Chevrolet, groovy bodies, surfing, you know. Hawaii Five O. Why pick a freezing waste of Siberia? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Russians. I like the rock and roll music. Yeah. <laughs> remember, the Russians were ahead for a long time. They did get some really good guys. The Americans just got better guys. We got some guys. The French got some guys. Like, we didn't get great ones because the Americans already snapped them up because everyone wanted to go to America. I'll make another football analogy. America with the Man City of of like the post World War Two. They like had the, you know we'll make the biggest signings because we got the biggest books to throw around. We yeah. got the most to offer. Yeah. So, yeah exactly. Uh, and in a way, look, I'm not excusing it, but I can't. I understand it completely. It's like, yeah, but at that level, people make cold, cold, emotionless decisions based yeah, you on. You can't really pure... make a football analogy, though, can you? Because Kevin De Bruyne didn't do experiments on people without anaesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't put people in vacuums to choke them from oxygen. Well, Kevin Keegan might have. <laughs> <laughs> never trust a man with a pen. Pep Guardiola's never formed surgery without anaesthetic. You don't know that. <laughs> you can't say that. For... But you get my fucking point. <laughs> America were buying up all the talent. Yeah. yeah. You know, like some football club that's been taken over by a sheik. That was my analogy. But I can see why they did it. It's just cold, logic, hard. Then at that level, none of, nothing surprised me at that level. They make decisions like that. People don't like to think about it, but they make cold, hard, emotionless decisions. Yeah. Because they're like, look, if these scientists are going to go anywhere, if they go to the enemy, if they go anywhere that isn't us... That's a fuck up on our part because they're going to go somewhere. Well, These are brilliant if men. If they, if they, if they'd been found to be doing mm. something illegal, nah, it's alright. We just they're on our side now. The thing about it, this didn't come out in like the nineties, did it? So yeah, yeah. Well, all this NASA stuff and everyone's watching it, the biggest TV audience live, and like, oh my god, one giant step for man. Nobody's sat there knowing, thinking, oh, we got there, Nazi, that's a Nazi-powered rocket, that. No one knew that. Yeah, you know them Nazis so. I fought against, kids? Yeah. Look at that, they built that rocket. Yeah, imagine that, the, the WW2 veteran with the tears streaming down his cheek watching the moon landing, just out of pure pride for his nation, the nation he went and fought for and, and gave up everything yeah. to go and defend. And you're only in your 40s at that back. point as well, yeah, really? And he managed to come back and he got the tear rolling down his cheek watching his moon landing to then know that, oh, yeah. Some of the top guys, the only reason it happened is because it's basically a Nazi-run thing. The visor angle. <laughs> Maybe, you know, you're that World War II vet, so mm. to own that tear rolling in your cheek, oh my God, I'm so proud of my country. Mm. Your son's in Vietnam at that point. Oh shit, yeah. Oh yeah, my, dad, my history's yeah. terrible, so did that line up, did it? Oh yeah, because no, it, it did. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, it totally you know, right. it's a documentary. You've got this massive, so you've got, you've, yeah, you've got this, this space program going on, and everyone's being national It was a unifying force. And then you've got Vietnam it. going on on the other mm. side, where you, your, your kids are getting drafted, but hey, we've got a man on the moon. We're the, we're the top dogs, but hey, my son's in Vietnam now. I don't know if he's going to come back or not. Uh, I know, but at the, at the, this, I God think the space race... It makes me feel proud when I'm not even American. I think the space race is... is well, it kick-started the 20th century, didn't it? It's, as races go, it was a pretty cool one. As everything we've got now, we pretty much got from this. All because the president. I mean, set why is why was yeah, why was hell of an achievement? Why I mean, was compu yeah, why is computer power doubling every year because of this? Then, I mean, as you say, 
Well, and the alien, so that, yeah, they had basic alien tech, didn't they? Let's face it. Mm. Your basic Maybe. alien tech, your mega drives, your mm. snezzes. And then we, you know. That's, that's the thing, I mean, the, the computer on that was immense. Now, we're, we've got laptops and tablets. It's the reason computer power was needed was to power this sort of this, stuff. It's a bit like, on a lesser scale, the same thing's been happening, but it's not quite as in the press and stuff. With the Mars thing, obviously someone's set a goal, haven't they, if we want to get to Mars, and yeah. all this stuff is going on, working towards it. But back then they were rock stars, and it was big news. Yeah, and it was, of course. And now I think we're kind of... I don't know, I think we take it for granted a little bit. Yeah, uh, I really do. Some of the m majesty of it has come back to me this week through researching it and just realising this was like proper boys' own type, you know, cutting adventure edge. type stuff. But all that cutting edge stuff, yes, definitely. And all these people working towards that, but I was still at the heart of it. Just some pilots with big balls, just like, fuck it, yeah. Um, or... Was it a complete hoax and we never went, we never left the Earth? Well, we'll get into that next week, won't we? We will. We've got all the conspiracy theories coming next week. We've got mm. certainly the, a fucking chunk of them. Oh, yeah. I'll try and find the, the main, the major reasons why people think we don't go, that we didn't go, and some of the more outlandish, silly ones. So if you've enjoyed this part, you'll want to hear the next one, dear listener. You please yeah. listen. <laughs> <laughs> And also, if you'd like to like us on Facebook, that'd be nice. We're cutting the ball on the, in the post-truth apocalypse. We'll deal you some memes. Cutting through the ball in the post-truth apocalypse. Yes, and mid-show plug. Also, go on YouTube and subscribe to Sewage Pipe Gaming. Thank you. So, yeah, what's next, boys? Sorry about that. All right, didn't so happen. we have take some break. That's the, that's the moon landing. We'll take a break, and then we'll do some weird news. Yep. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Alright, so let's uh, end with some weird news and have we got full Alex this week? Yep. Fantastic. So, uh, I'll take this one. Today I learned the Offspring's lead singer is a legitimate doctor searching for a HIV cure. Wow. Oh, I knew he was... He must... Because he had a degree in marine biology. So he must have gone back to study even more. He, he strikes me as one of them dudes, probably, mm. in between tours. He's yeah. now got a master's on top of his degree. But anyway, the article will probably tell us, so I will shut up. Yeah. They say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, and they're usually right for the most part. For this particular instance, the book is actually a 175-page dissertation, and the cover has the words, by Brian Holland on it. The reason why this little dissertation is incredibly interesting it's because it's all about looking for a cure for HIV, and Brian is none other than Dexter Holland, the lead singer of seminal punk rock band The Offspring. Yeah. That's right, the frontman of the band behind iconic 90s songs such as Self Esteem and Pretty Fly for a White Guy, not the best one of theirs, yeah. is a legit doctor on the lookout for a HIV cure in his spare time. Wow. Awesome. Before Dexter became one of the 1990s leading oh. punk rockers, he was originally pursuing his PhD in molecular biology at Not the University of Southern Sorry. California. That's why I was confused. Yeah. Sorry, molecular biology makes a lot more sense. Sorry, but I want to see. I, I'm picturing dreadlocked blonde Dexter mm. Holland at college now, studying for a doctorate. Because he had the locks when he was first in the offspring, wasn't he? He yeah. must have been dripping in ladies. He was a big, tall, sexy dreadlocked dude. Super smart, and he's also oh yeah. At the weekend, my totally fucking rocking band is yeah. gonna be at this club, like. What a twat! Uh, Ate him. Ate him. 
<laughs> He's got everything and I hate him. God, I love the offspring. So back do in I. The day, though, man. I was yeah. a big. So I'm live three times in my life. Varying stages of good, but never bad. If you know, if that makes sense. Um, 99. We were at Reading. <coughs> like, yeah. Year of past our GCSEs, guys. I went oh, to Reading awesome. as a treatment. As a treat. Yeah, it's age. And a treatment. And a treatment, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chili Peppers headline, and the Offspring were second headliners. Something was a Sunday. Chilies were shit. Chilies were shit. Offspring were amazing. Offspring were great. Massive bottle fight. You can still see awesome. it sometimes on a. Yeah. They do festival flashbacks late at oh, night. Yeah. Biggest bottle fight I've ever seen. Mind you, yeah. his neck broken. Did, mate. You know, those big five litre bottles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of them, three quarters full, landed just near, past my head, oh, landed in my feet. Shit. I was like, what the fuck? That would have hurt. Yeah, so I just picked up and went, and <laughs> killed somebody else. <laughs> and probably killed someone. <laughs> Yeah. Them's the rules. Them's the rules. <laughs> Them's the gig rules. You're going to throw it, prepared to get it thrown. You miss, you're dead. <laughs> it's like a claymore bomb of fucking bomb fights. In all fairness, Ad lost a, a lot of water. It wasn't as full when you threw it. No, it wasn't. Ad lost a bit. <laughs> they maybe just but rippled so many. <laughs> I also remember Dexter Holland coming on stage and it was um, they were playing a Backstreet Boys song. Oh, and then he beats the shit and out of the And he beats the shit out of the cardboard. Yeah, they were yeah. cardboard because of the baseball bat and That's just started beating the shit out of them. Yeah. And then they played Pretty Fly for a white guy or something. Good, I don't know. Whatever, it was fun. So, but as the offspring quickly became popular, he shrugged his shoulders and put his stutters on hold to ride the punk rock wave. Because why the hell not? But while being in a band that was his day-to-day -day vocation, science wasn't too far of his mind. Whether this is true or not, I don't know. But remember the lyric, keep them separated in the song, Come Out and Play? I do. That was inspired by his experience in a lab involving keeping two liquids separated so they can cool down. Do you know about that? I thought it was more about gangs of kids being <laughs> yeah. shit out of each other at school. Yeah. Well... Whatever. But it wasn't until 2017, some eight albums and 40 million records Ooh. and countless concerts later, that Dexter finally got that pesky PhD. Wow. Mm -hmm. Good on him. Good, yeah, man. Don't play Dexter. I hope you find that cure. Yep. Let's face it, it would be pretty awesome if the lead singer of the Offspring completely mm. cured HIV. Certainly would. Like, remember, wow. would mean people would be I'd go out and to... buy Smash again just well, yeah. as a tribute. People <laughs> would be listening to come out and play in like 300 years' time because of it would be attached to it. Well, his statue will play it when you go and visit his statue. <laughs> yeah, go on, Dexter. <laughs> you gotta keep them separated. Yeah, go on then. Alright, you want to do the next one? This happened this week. This is a brand new one. Oh, yeah, oh. this is horrific. Body falls from plane and lands in garden as flight comes in to land at Heathrow. Holy shit. It landed next to a sunbather apparently. Yeah. Sunbathing in your back garden, mate. The frozen body of a stowaway. Yeah. What the <laughs> hell? Right Fell from a passenger jet and plunged more than 3,000 feet into a small garden, missing a sunbather <laughs> by just three feet. <laughs> That's over there. That's oh, no, it's there. It's, yeah. it's where it's, you are on the sofa. In comparison, it's where you are sat next to Gary. I'd love it if he was a Brexit supporter. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike. But what I want to know is, did the body explode like a balloon? No, but the pictures, the fucking concrete path it landed on has got a fucking small crater in it. It's it cracked the concrete. Yeah, it exploded, yeah. There was oh. blood on the fence. So the person who saw it is traumatised for life oh, forever. Fuck, yeah. 
and nothing can ever take that away. She no amount of counselling. Yeah. Basically, the guy who's trying to smuggle himself in. <coughs> this is tragic. Climbed into the fucking wheel bay of the plane, mm. hid there, wheels go up, he's in the hole, it's up pressure, he freezes to death. Fuck. They come into land, drop the wheels, frozen corpse. 3,000 feet down. Well, it suits him, it serves him right because he was a silly to try it, but I'd feel sorry for the sunbather. That is where my. Well, I'm with the family of the frozen dead man. Splatted man. Well, she don't want a hat. But, <laughs> hat, gloves, and scarf. <laughs> there's the picture. There's, uh, there's the impact crater. Oh fuck! Crack the fucking paving and yeah. and everything. But at least his fucking spleen isn't there and all that though. Because I always wonder like. Then they clean that up. Oh man, that's horrific. Could have been worse because um, had it fallen um, 300 yards away, two seconds later, Fuck would have fallen onto a, a packed Clapham Common. Jesus. If you haven't got all about frozen shit and piss coming from it, you got frozen bodies. <laughs> <laughs> the, it says the stowaway who was wearing a blue shirt and denim jeans landed. See, no face hat, no down. scarves, no gloves. <laughs> I just like that. He landed face down on the lawn. <laughs> Just think about it. The velocity from 3,000 feet. Would that be too Face planted into the oh. fucking lawn. It was, hang on, the quote there. Oh, read that line. He, hang on, he had all of his clothes on everything. I had a closer look and so there's blood all over the walls of the garden. I knew it, he would have right? exploded. His head was not in a good way. <laughs> I realised immediately that he had fallen. Oh, you reckon? No <laughs> shit, Sherlock. He had been sunbathing and he what landed... What, that the crater or the exploded head? <laughs> he was oh. sunbathing and he landed one metre away from him. <laughs> one metre? Oh, my God. We were all sat about a metre away from each other in a, in a triangle. I mean, and all of a sudden, a corpse plummets through the roof of Mike's flat. We're on the top floor. Hits the, hits the microphone table and keeps on plummeting Fuck. while we're smashed, splattered with blood and entrails. You only fucking two microphones and a fixing <laughs> desk, you frozen dead prick. <laughs> Somebody grab his wallet, I'm ringing his mum. <laughs> I think his phone's gone at this point. <laughs> oh, well. Fuck me, that's horrific. Yeah, on just every a bit. level. Miss. A man so desperate he would sneak oh, no. onto an airport runway, climb into the landing gear of a plane. And the tragic thing is, apparently he had food and water with him, so the fucking dumb fucker expected to make it. <laughs> this will be fine. <laughs> okay, mate. Yeah, and then he throws to death on the way, like you say. Fuck me. It's horrific. But, okay, next he just, thought, he just thought he was doing a bit more research before he launched on his elaborate plan. I mean, he's got to get through airport security. Yeah, he's desperate and he ain't... Yeah, all right. Yeah, but, Oh, come on! I'll be alright in that fucking hold. Maybe he's never seen films or had the internet. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know. Oh, come on! Got to be pretty desperate to run yeah. onto a runway and climb up a fucking. Yeah, you haven't to get past security and everything. You know, you'll be great. But he might, it, seen come the on. he might have seen the movie Commando where Arnold does it and drops from the plane. Well, if he's only if, if only his learning tool was Commando, mm. if his only learning tool was Commando, mm. then all right, fair enough. But he should never. He's not Arnie. Oh, thank Chester's you. just knocked the microphone off again. Thank you, Chester. 
Let off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> you know, but he should realise he's not Arnie. You said you'd kill me last. I lied. Fucking <laughs> 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 classic. Uh, Moving on then from yeah. that tragic story. <laughs> <laughs> Horrific. It is. Okay. Jersey is being terrorised by 100 strong gangs of feral chickens waking up locals and chasing joggers. This is the British island of Jersey. Up in there, it's amazing. Never been. Gorgeous. Right. Residents, it's an island hanging off the bottom end of Britain that's closer to France technically than it is to Britain and it's harder than Britain and it's lovely. But anyway, residents have been making complaints about the birds which have also become a traffic hazard. Jersey has been terrorised by hordes of feral chickens which have been waking up the locals, damaging gardens and even chasing joggers. Residents have been making complaints about the birds which have also become a traffic hazard. Two small culls have been carried out <laughs> but they continue to cause chaos, the environment minister has admitted. It is believed the chickens were once pets which were abandoned before rapidly breeding. They now roam the British island in 100 strong groups. <laughs> there are no foxes in Jersey, which means the chickens are running around unchecked without a natural predator. So you go walking to work, mm -hmm. nice sunny day, oh, yeah. island of Jersey, oh life's good. Nice, isn't it? And all of a sudden, out of the bushes, down that little country road on both sides, front and back of you, <laughs> 50 chickens to the rear, An 50 army. chickens to the front, just surrounding you, you're like, oh shit. And they're <laughs> feral. Girls. They're clever girls. <laughs> and they're feral. 100. Imagine hundred four chickens, now I'm at 100 chickens, yeah. mate. I, I can kick my way through four chickens. Yeah, 100 is a psychotically terrifying amount of squealing, yeah. squabbling chickens yeah. running at you. It would sound like the very centre of hell itself, 100 squabbling chickens. And they're chasing you down a little country lane in Jersey. It's not a big island. You know what I mean? This is yeah. the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. It ain't good. But like you say, though, put on a pet-proof suit and some steel-toed boots and just fucking go out and start volleying them as yeah. hard as you possibly can. <laughs> but then the, the animal cruelty side of me comes into play. Like, oh, ah, man. Yes, they are. I mean, all right, if it's me or the chickens, the chickens are going down. Mm -hmm. Well, they are proposing a cull. Oh yeah, sorry, I was reading it. Oh, twit chickens, aren't they? They're fast. We are in a situation where we've got animal lovers on the one hand and we've got those who are ex experiencing a nuisance on the other. I can't pretend to sit here and say I have got an answer to that. That was Environment Minister John Young. Well, a total of 35 chickens, is that it? Yeah. Were killed in the first two culls carried out by a private pest controller. Mr Young said his department had received 40 complaints, that's more than the number of chickens killed for those keeping score <laughs> at home, received 40 complaints about the birds so far this year. Feral chickens! Local authorities on the island say they are fighting a tough battle and have urged people not to feed the chickens as it encourages them to breed. No, it's the same for me. William Peggy, Director of Environment for the States, said efforts to come up with a plan to tackle the issue had been hampered by the loss of the state's vet. <laughs> I told you, small island. But with an interim replacement now appointed, discussions could take place to find a practical solution. A fucking shotgun. <laughs> he added that they did not know where and when people were abandoning chickens, making it hard to crack down on it. Under nuisance legislation, landowners are liable to dispatch chickens if they are causing a nuisance, he said. An action could be taken if a feral chicken was being fed in a way that causes a nuisance. 
Feral chickens are not protected under the animal welfare law because they do not belong to anybody. Ah. Poor chickens. They're saying that I'd only pet to death by a hundred chickens. Pet to death and then eaten by a hundred feral chickens. Kill them in a way that allows them to be consumed afterwards. Yes. Like, so don't run over them with a van, let's say. But you like running things over vans. A horde of a hundred chickens just ploughing into it. <laughs> You've got a hard on. Pretty you? horrific. No, I wouldn't enjoy that at all. <laughs> I've hit birds in the van before as well. It makes you feel like shit, but you're like, well, sorry, dude. <laughs> Not that I could do. I was in a car that hit a pheasant. Oof. Big plume of feathers. Yeah. Fucking hit the window screen at Ooh. 60 miles an hour. Wow. That's yeah. that good. No. Scared the shit out of you, doesn't it? Fucking did. Makes people crash. <laughs> it does people yeah, like shit themselves and flip the car over. But on that lovely, uh, happy note, I think that concludes this week's Weird yeah. fucking news. Can I call a piss break? Of course you can. Thank you. We're civilised here. Allegedly. <laughs> okay, so we're back and we're going to play Fall Alex, the favourite game show on this flat, uh, where Mike finds us some couple of random weirdos on over the internet and we put them against the arch saint of insanity himself, Alex Jones, and we decide who has gone more Fall Alex this week. And remember, you can go a little bit Alex, yeah. you can go quarter Alex, Half Alex, three quarters Alex, but never go full Alex. Were you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? So who's up first, Mike? First up, we have Mike Heath. Mike Heath? Having a newcomer. Newcomer? Says that homosexuals are worse than murderers. Wow, that's a bold <laughs> statement. Yep. They're here every year not to celebrate sodomy. We gather to remember and celebrate God's definition of marriage. St. John Chrysostom affirmed that these homosexuals are worse than murderers, since it is better to die <clears throat> than to live after such a shame. The murderer separates the soul from the body while this one destroys the soul along with the body. And homosexuals destroy not only their own souls, they also destroy the soul of a nation. Democracy is at the heart of what's the way politically for America. Our founders decided to bake voting into every layer of the American cake. We must never forget the diabolical and totalitarian nature of the Obergefell versus Hodges attack on our civilization. Over 30 of our states had voted by significant majorities to define marriage God's way, many times choosing to amend their state constitutions. The vote of just one Jezebel on this appointed, unelected body of nine overturned the decision of tens of millions of American citizens. If this isn't totalitarianism, I don't know what is. Americans don't trust their institutions. It would be imprudent to do so. This wicked, unconstitutional decision gives all of us significant cause to deeply question the jurisprudence of this court. These people are black-robed terrorists making war on everything that is good, true, and beautiful. Either we the people stop them, or America's republic will disintegrate. God help us. Wow. Wow, well that was some, uh, some biblical insanity more than anything. We must get religious prick, basically. Yeah thinks that homosexuals are worse than murderers because homosexuals not only destroy the soul or something, 
Yeah, the soul of a nation. The soul of a nation, apparently. Couldn't to him. Couldn't to Mike Heath. Fuck him. I mean him, not the homosexuals. No. Well, you want to, whatever. Yes, then yeah. fuck. Do it. Oh my god, oh my god. Moving on. Abort. Abort. <laughs> so, full abort. <laughs> Who's next then? Next up, Lance Walnow says Jezebel witchcraft is poisoning the minds of Americans against Trump. Is it though? Or is it Trump? <laughs> I'll let him speak. See, what am I? I think America is in a Jezebel witchcraft. Meaning that there's a witchcraft veil over the minds and perception of the masses, perpetuated by the false prophecies coming through the media mountain. Yes, yes. So yes. it's like there's your prophets of Baal, and they are speaking constantly lies, and the average Christian, God bless us, we're, we're not complex creatures, and we're working, and we've got business. So, so I, like I have sons in my family, I have friends of mine, they go, Dad, don't worry about me, I get a balanced perspective, I don't listen to just one source. I listen to MSNBC and CNN, and I go, son, 95% of the media is owned by the left. You can't be listening to four different outlets that think you're getting a true story. They're all they're The same thing. Here's what I'm thinking. We're going to pray, and we're going to do things this year. I think media, I think God raised you up to apostolically and prophetically break through in the media realm that veil, because it's some false prophets are in the media, and God's put a burden you to be courageous. You have a sense of the future, as very few people have, and you're a media titan yourself in the spirit realm. I think God's raised you up for us to be able to pierce the veil off of the minds of our people. And I believe we're going to see. Millennials will come out of the fog, and when they do, they'll see that Jesus is actually the most revolutionary figure that they've ever seen. Uh, we're going to see the uh, race, the manipulated race wars. is one of the great griefs that I've got. Because you see that Latino and the Hispanic community... If they're told the president's a racist by media and, he doesn't, and, and, and they're told these things, then it's poisoning the well. But this is what the devil does. In the book of Acts, it says when the apostolic message went into a town, that the unbelieving Jews went in and poisoned the minds of the brethren. Meaning, they literally, this is as age old as the book of Acts, the media will try to poison you about this man. And if you don't know him and you just believe that, it poisons the mind. So we're taking the poison out. We're literally wow. healing culture right now. Yes. That's incredible. <laughs> yes, it is incredible, darling. Yeah, I agree. I love how they just get everything so backwards ass. Yeah, 95% of the media is owned by the left. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Is it though? Mm. No, it's owned by corporations. Though. Usually right-wing leaning. Yes, exactly. Because they're not paying so much corporation exactly. tax under the right-wing government they've installed. Amazon. Well, you've only got to look at the Sun. Has effectively Star got every Wars. government in this country. The Sun got has got every pre uh, prime minister elected since the what eighties in stature. I mean, it's a massive public opinion swear. Of course it is. Apart from the ones when we got it's Blair job. in. The job it's meant to have. Is old people in power accountable? Of course. What it does is it works for the people in power against our own fucking best interests. Yeah. It's fucking unbelievable. That's why people are going to vote for Boris one day. Ugh. Or go. Or hunt even. Sorry, hunt. Right. What's the man him fucking self got to say? Epic Alex Jones it clown rant. Okay. Remember the film It? I do, I do. Yeah. 
I see what Alex never is seen doing. it. Is this a movie well, you, review? Because you, you're afraid of clowns. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I'm not going to watch fucking it. Well, I, I think mean, you're <laughs> going to agree with everything Alex says tonight. <laughs> yeah, in in well, in foresight, yes. Let's see what he has to say. Let me get into the more contemporary news. Let's let's set all of the their plans for all of us that are already well afoot, that we're already in the quicksand up to our chins. And they're there on the bank just saying, go on under, it's fun. You'll like it. There's carnival rides down here, just like <laughs> it says. There's popcorn, there's clowns, there's there's some lions and tigers and bears and elephants and <laughs> tight ropes and there's a bearded lady and a guy gets shot out of a cannon. Just take my hand. You see how good it's been so far. <laughs> Just come into the basement. Let me put put the handcuffs on, please. Just, okay, come on. You want your boat back, don't you, Georgie? Just, what the? I'll float down there in the water? Oh, you're going to float, too. <laughs> yeah, we love you. We're liberal. <laughs> so he's comparing it, the clown, to liberals. <coughs> yeah. Well, it, the clown, coerces people down into the drain into his hey, world. From we're gonna float down here. Uh, <laughs> we love you. We're liberals. Wow, <laughs> that should be a T-shirt. Alex's angry, pointing face. We're liberal. We love you. <laughs> wow. Oh God. Again, you've got to think. His delivery is making me want to say him, because that was some insane acting shit. Well, let's go back to the first guy. But the words he actually said, I don't know. I think maybe I'll go. Okay, let's run through them, yeah. No, okay. Mikey says that homosexuals are worse than murderers and they're destroying the soul of the nation. Lance Wallanu says Jezebel witchcraft is poisoning the minds of Americans against Trump. See, he's talking sense, but he's just talking sense from his own perspective. Like, yeah, the media are a massive influencing factor mm. in society. It gets presidents elected, it gets prime ministers elected. But sadly, he's coming at it from the point of view of an evangelical Christian who and thinks that he is being victimised. He's also one of those media outlets that's influencing people's that's opinions. exactly, so yeah. It's like, so it's he's poisoning the minds. Yeah, yeah. So it's classic, double-speak. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Quite Isn't clever. It? Yeah. It's straighter and Realises that there's a problem, mm. use it to his advantage. Says it's there. So we're the, we're the ones that are being persecuted. Yeah. Us and Trump, we're being persecuted by the left. Yeah. It's all the left's fault. Are. Christian, even though this country is eighty percent Christian, we're the victims. Yeah. Well, Apparently, the Bible's going to be banned soon, isn't it? Apparently yeah, so. Well, and there's the war on Christmas every year. Who's Remember? got it then? Oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I'm going, Alex. I'm putting my cards on the table. I'm going, Alex, just because he's fucking mental the way he acts and like, <laughs> you know. I'm sure. Imagine, be, imagine how cringe it is being one of the crew members. That's what I was thinking about. Oh, you're, you're the guy. Because it's not a big, busy studio now. It's a small fucking hokey operation it's, it looks all professional in that his studio there but it's, there's one cameraman there's a producer standing next to him probably maybe a sound guy and you just stood there in the silent dark 
as he fucking looks down the barrel of the camera going, oh, ha, ha, oh, hey, hey, come down, come on. And you're just thinking, is this worth the money we're on? <laughs> this yeah, but, is fucking But then weird. we're not talking about going full Alex, are we? Isn't this we're talking about the feeling of... Uh, I mean, if, we're liberal. We love you. If you're it's everything, isn't it? It's you're performance go, and it's uh, what they're saying. I think if you're going to go, give it, Alex. I'm giving it a uh, first guy. Yeah, okay. I'm going with the first guy. No worries. Um, because he's just... It's a mental thing to say, but I just think it's... He's just, like, you know, I guarantee you... How can a man loving another man be worse than murdering someone that's insane? Be worse than the so-called, or the, the alleged internment camps they've got going on the border right now, where... Yeah. There's no toothbrushes or blankets, but that Trump woman, Trump official lady stood there and said, yeah, that's all right. And the judge, who was a former prisoner of the Viet Cong, mm. said, hey, even the Viet Cong gave me a blanket or a toothbrush. Fuck. But did you see on the wrestling that Braun Strowman fucking charged the big dude through the... They went through the screen at the back. Who's the big dude? Shit, what's his name? Bobby Lashley. Yeah, you spear him. Yeah, through the and then they went through the screen and it no exploded and stuff. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I didn't see it, but see, I'm there's sure good will. things too in the world. You see, you got to choose to live in the bubble like I do. You know, <laughs> I go to work and then I finish work and I get straight back in my bubble, right? <laughs> Where there's just PlayStation and you know the family time. I choose to watch. Yeah, just in my bubble, no news, no politics. Just my See, I can't help it because I'll sit there at break mm-hmm. and put Facebook on, and uh, all yeah, of a sudden I'm just. People. No, no, I don't want to speak to any of them. I'm on my own at work. So. I'm just having a fag. I, just want to ask, well, I mm. want to smoke three fags in 20 minutes. Go to work. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> <laughs> 25 minutes. I've got a system now. I can eat my lunch in five minutes and have 25 minutes smoking. Oh, yeah. So, three Priorities, fags in 25 baby. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you can scoff my sandwich, sandwich down, <laughs> and I'm back in the smoking area. I'll drink to that. So, what's this fucking idiot's name? Mike Heath, newcomer. Mike Heath, well, he's newcomer. The cunt of the he's week, the winner this week. He? Yep. He's yeah. got the. <laughs> he is. He's, he's got he's more for Alex. Cunt of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Mike Heath, we present you a mad cunt of the yeah, week. Fuck you, got, you, Mikey. You've gone most for Alex. I've been Ben. I'm going to say, don't do the flavour aid and don't join a cult. I mean, guys, I'm gonna say free Biff Tannen and goodbye. I'm mean, Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Man, force be with you.